0: Hello! It is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, December 14th. Can't thank you all enough for allowing us to be a show that penetrates your ear holes on a daily basis. Levante David of the Buck Stops by A.J. Hawk is here, the boys are here, and Aaron Rodgers is wide open for 40-some minutes. Can't thank you enough. You're the best. If you like the show, by the end of it please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. You know, last night just continued to add fuel to the fire that is this NFL season is chaotic. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Nobody knows. The Rams, without Jalen Ramsey, without Igby, without others, because old Uncle COVID showed up, or did he? Uh Mm Uh-oh. Allegedly, Higby might have been a false positive. How are we this far into this thing with false positives taking people out of big-time, prime-time, NFC West playoff contention conversation games? But I guess that's what science is there. We're not there yet. Tyler, he's out. Others are out. Nobody thought that the Cardinals, who are one of the hottest teams in the history of football, the Best record in all of the NFL. Kyler Murray handling everything with such grace and class and excited for the next game and ready to go. Seems to be motivated more consistent than ever. Cliff Kingsbury, another year as an experienced NFL head coach. The defense flying around. They're at home on Monday night. And although their record maybe earlier in the year wasn't fantastic at home, this felt like an evening in which Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray would put their foots on the neck of of the NFC West, but instead, Matthew Stafford, McVay, Cup, and the boys came into the desert and demolished them. Ooh. First play of the game, Aaron Donald drove the guard seven yards <laughs> into the backfield. Yeah. I've never seen a, how you doing, this is how tonight is going to go, Happened. Anywhere near like that on the first play of the game. Last play of the game, he gets a sack as well as a couple others, including Vaughn Miller, made Kyler Murray run around. But I think the tone was set very early that although a couple of their big time players weren't going to be there, Matthew Stafford was going to show up and show out. Congratulations to the Rams.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And-
0: Congratulations Good to Aaron Donald, who's an absolute freak show. What do you have, three sacks, of pass deflection, and some other stuff? Mm-hmm. Absolute monster, great football player. I don't have any doubt that the Arizona Cardinals will bounce back from this. Almost like a perfect wake-up call in Week 14. A team coming out of a bye week. Maybe they were getting a little bit too comfortable. They forgot what it was to be the team in the NFL. So in the home game against a division rival who has beat them 9 out of the last 10 times?
2: McVeigh, I believe, is at least 9-1 and one against the Cardinals. Out of
0: the last 10 times? So now that happens, and, you know, I just, I feel like the entire playoff picture is just one big question mark. And we just got a glimpse of it there as we cut to Ty Schmidt to break down the stat. The toxic table has all of a sudden become... The Kings of the Castle. The Toxon table, are both sitting atop the mountaintop. And uh, At Ty Schmidt, first in the NFC. Obviously, Cardinals lost last night. Makes that happen for the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk to Aaron Rodgers here in about two hours. After that first week against the Saints in the entire offseason, there's no way you thought you'd be sitting here with an incredibly artistic sign in front of you that says first in the NFC after 14 weeks?
2: I mean, yeah, that first week was tough. It was. We we, we thought, you know, hey, these guys are pretty rusty. I think, you know, every Packers fan knew they were going to round into form eventually, but we talked about, like, I mean, the Bucks are they Are they going to go undefeated this year? So losing a game like that to open, not great, but, I mean, we've talked about it all along. Like, the, pa- the Packers— if they get home field advantage, I mean, they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. Like, you look at it and maybe, who knows, maybe a team like the Cardinals needs to go play on the road. But Lambeau, when it's cold, like, they, they're, they'll be okay going and playing in a dome. They need home field advantage. Got a, a pretty tough schedule the here on out, but if they take care of business, like... Still got everything in front of us. Okay. Feeling pretty good.
0: Yeah, home field advantage is locked in right now. So when and you're still in Lambeau all the way until you're in L.A., which is where somebody has another home as well. So it'd be home <laughs> all the way through yeah. if that was to be the case. The interesting thing about... The Cardinals, and you mentioned it, you know, maybe they do have to be on the road. They're really good away. Yeah. Very good away. And they won in Chicago in very tough weather. And I'm not saying the Chicago Bears are winning any Super Bowls anytime soon. No, No. no, I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is with the weather and the way their offense performed and a couple of the throws that Kyler was able to make in that type of weather has to make them feel, you know, at least pretty good about the future in the NFC, which will sometimes... You know, at least in recent history, I guess for the last twenty years, there's a chance Lambeau, Wisconsin, is a place you're going to have to yeah, travel to. There's absolutely, a, there's a place you're going to have. There's a place that's in the middle of a blizzard you're going to have to go to, especially with the number one team in the NFC. And then for you, Connor, in the AFC, yeah. which is just as chaotic as the NFC, by the way. There's stats coming out now that. This far into the season, there's more teams still in contention than there's ever been. This is via ESPN Stats and Info. Shout out Hembo and, and them. Yeah. Hey, Hembo. Hembo and them over there. It's probably a full team that I do not know, but <laughs> the entire ESPN Stats and Info. The playoff picture is equally chaotic in both conferences. Each conference has three-way tie for the best record, first time through Week 14 since 1970. So the 17-game season hasn't even been touched yet, because this is since 1970, 14 weeks in. This is the most that there's ever been. Uh, 13 teams in a playoff spot or within one game of one. Five teams with the same record vying for a wild card spot, which, by the way, remember is now super wild card weekend with extra games. So this is a year where everybody is still in it everybody's still in. Insane. Even the fucking Dolphins who were written off very, very early, they can still make a run at this thing. How about the Falcons, the Panthers, who fired their offensive coordinator just two weeks ago, got a brand new quarterback, Cam Newton's back. They could still make the playoffs in the NFC, but in the AFC, there's a team on top of that thing that ain't nobody going to be happy about. No, no way. Especially with how this whole team has come together and how this record has come to be. The first in the AFC seat is owned by the New England Patriots and their fan base. Set. Some people say you're scumbags. Oh, wow, this is absurd. Not me. I'm saying some people. There's a okay. lot of people say this. Fair. You guys are back on top of the mountain. It might have to run through Lambeau and it might have to run through Goddamn. Fox, bro. I mean, this is insane. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Exactly. And nobody has a clue what's going to happen. This NFL season records are being broke. There's more parity than ever. And here we have the 20-year dynasty with a new model, Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay, in a quarterback back on top. It's absurd. Yeah, it is absurd. I mean, I
3: want to say, you know, I couldn't see this happening, but I did. I think we oh. all could agree that we knew we would be here. Bill Belichick, maybe on the back half of his career, all of a sudden. He maybe. Comes- Well, yeah, (laughs) maybe, because all of a sudden, here's Mac Jones, who's going to be the quarterback for New England for the next 15 years. Bill Belichick might be the head coach for the next 15 years, and if he's not, don't worry. We got his bloodline, like Roman Reigns and the Usos coming (laughs) up the ranks. Here comes Steve Belichick sticking his tongue out with his beautiful mullet. I mean, things are great in New England. It really is. I feel bad for the NFL. I don't. At all, actually, because last year, even this year at 2-4, and four, you guys are never going to be good again. You guys stink. You'll never see the playoffs with this bum Mac Jones. And here we are, 9-4, and four, best in the league. Mac Jones is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think that's safe to say. Bill probably will win Coach of the Year. What? Should win Executive of the Year. <laughs> and maybe you know, maybe we do see the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, and then who knows what happens. Bill Belichick, pretty successful with him. No, I, mean, I look barely. out for the Colts. I'm yeah, yeah, sure, I sure the we Colts have the the Colts this team. week, but you know their defense is giving Bill Belichick everything he needs to know for their game plan. So we're already looking past them. We're on to Buffalo next week. Uh, Pat. Okay. sorry.
0: So let's get to that. All right, and I'm happy you got a chance to do what you just did because we're all staring down a miserable Connor season oh yeah when it was two yeah. and four yeah. and uh-huh. they spent 160 million one year after a seven and nine season sure and it's the first time in his actual life he's 26 six. so i mean i guess when he was six they stunk but right no they he- won
3: the super bowl that year actually.
0: I, was <laughs> <seven>. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was seven so when he was five yes there you go when he was five they were terrible uh-huh. in those days connor looks back on and goes how did i even survive uh-huh. do it. how did i even survive when i was five years old and that team stunk for the rest of his life since then, they have been in contention, in conversation, and most of the time, dominant. So we were getting to witness a fan literally stumble, tumble, and fall from the top of a mountain as an adult uh-huh. into a microphone yeah. uh-huh. for the first time ever. And 160 fucking million, dollars day one of the tampering period. Yeah. Oh, we ain't doing that. Bill said, don't. Don't you worry, Connor. Connor, don't you worry. We ain't fucking stinking for this. Don't Thank you, Coach. I, I know you got to speak your microphones. I, I just got to live, and I can't watch film of this fucking shit. that we had to... That's how he was talking at the end of last year. Oh, yeah. Hey, this team stinks. Listen, we... Not doing this again. Yeah, we won all in the last four years, five yeah. years. Eh? We won a bunch. This team, uh, we get it. All right. We'll let you guys have your... It's almost like he was like, have your fun this year. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Have, have your fun this year, and then we are going to... I'm going to go talk to Kraft, who allegedly called me the biggest asshole of his life who's brought him billions and, and billions. billions of dollars in success to him. I'm gonna go ask him for a big ass blank check. Like I'm uh like I'm Macintosh. yeah sure. Like Mr. I'm, Macintosh. Like That's I am
1: right. uh <laughs> like I am Preston. Macin-
0: Preston. <laughs> yeah. Like I am Preston for a blank check. Yep. I am going right to Kraft's office and I'm saying I need a blank check and I am writing it to uh we're gonna get to uh, tight ends. We're mm-hmm. gonna get. Uh, we're gonna get help in the secondary. What? We're gonna build up our defense what? line. Uh, we're gonna bring Kyle Van Noy back. But don't you worry, Kraft. Actually, keep that check for him because the Dolphins are gonna pay for him <laughs> to come play back here. It is absurd that you two are a top, but it's very good for our show that you two at least don't have to be absolutely miserable because we were staring down those days with you. And I don't think any of us wanted that. Oh no, no, I, no.
3: I am. You know, when when that happens, I become a person that you know choose bark. I really, I, I'm i not a real human. I'm just someone who lives in this universe. Okay, but really so. My mind's in the metaverse, you know so, what I mean? yeah, the
0: metaverse, by the way, coming together. I think they're working on the graphics for people to just oh, yeah. walk around metaverse or whatever. Oh, yeah. And when you say choose bark, you didn't mean like choose like you were to choose something. No, and, no. And, like I'm gnawing on it yeah, for meals. Tree bark. I'm
3: that miserable. Yeah. Tree bark,
0: yes. Yeah, chewing is gnawing and yeah. bark is not barking. Like No, rar, no, no I was not barking. No, you're, you're talking about chewing tree
3: bark. That's right. Like eating it for every single meal and being absolutely ruthless. Because when you chew tree bark, I don't know if you have or not, but when you do, the poops are just absolutely terrible. The bark mm-hmm. poops. Oh, exactly. my God. You have no idea. It's like eating milk bones
0: for every single meal. <laughs> my dogs do that every once in a while. exactly. They start waddling. Uh-huh. All right, let's get around the NFL. Wait, Pat, real quick. Those guys aren't the only ones in first place in the room. Right? I also am in first place. First pick in the draft is... We we got the absolute worst and the two best in the NFL being represented in this room. Tell me what other show has that. I don't think think you're going to find one. Because there's none with Alliance Foxy, You see Foxy's uh, sign was even like... Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Like with pencil. You should see the way he draws uh, penises. You remember he draws... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a full investigation on who Mm. left the... Mm. The drawing of the dick on my desk. Yeah. Jesus. Turns God. out Get it was Foxy. That. Huh. that was good investigation by you guys, to be honest. Yeah, you guys thought I wasn't going to... Hey, who's disrespecting me in my first ever fucking desk? You thought I wasn't <laughs> going to be able to find that out? Yeah. It's unbelievable. And did you know, we learned through that, that people draw dicks differently. Vastly different. Very different. Different angles, depending upon which of you, you know, they want to draw it from. Foxy was the only one in the office that drew it from the angle in which he drew it from. I had no idea.
3: The undercarriage, I believe he drew it. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Oh, he emphasized the nutsack? He was looking up
0: at it. Yeah, it was a... Uh... <laughs> oh, okay. It was though. Like, actually, it was. We had all the different drawings, because some people draw from the side. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Some people draw from the front, I guess. Some people draw from the top, and then there was...
3: Are people drawing
2: head-on?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Fox, yeah you, you look, will there have there was. a 3 yeah,
2: rendering. Yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> This is a more talented artist. Whatever the case, Foxy, very good at what he does. Terrible handwriting, terrible drawing. We really found that out literally one of the first days in this office. So yep. shout out to you, Foxy. The Lions stink. And this is us <laughs> finding a way to talk about the Lions for another day. Shout out oh, to the Lions. All
1: all right.
0: we do. Uh, let's bounce around the NFL a little bit. You talked about this with... Uh, the New England Patriots Colts game coming up this weekend. I mean, you're talking massive game, mm-hmm. massive game. Have to go, have to be here for it, which is uh, terrible because this is becoming a celebration now. It's a Saturday night football game. It's the first <laughs> Saturday games in the NFL season, so it's always a celebration. Anytime you get, you know, the men's league on both Saturday and Sunday, Ooh. it's a beautiful day. That means, you know, college football, hell of hey, a run. Thank you, college. Thank you, college athletes. Thank you to all the kickers and punters down to college level that were amazing. But now that NFL football is on Saturday and Sunday, and it's perfectly distributed yes you know so you can just watch great game oh you get 10 20 minutes you watch another great game then you go to sleep oh my god is work tomorrow nah actually another full Full fucking day of awesome stuff this is amazing this is magical And the colts patriots on saturday night is going to be the topic of conversation for everybody obviously um Saints-Bucks is Sunday night football. I just learned that from looking at this graphic Mm -hmm. that Dirty made. Shout out to Dirty, by the way. That's a big-time NFC South game. Taysom Hill's going to try to ground and pound that thing. Keep Tom Brady off of the field. That might be a bit boring. Colts-Patriots is going to be awesome. Absolutely. It's going to be in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Jim Irsay knows how big it is. They're putting on a lot of shit here. Mm -hmm. Before the game, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff going down. During the game, I assume there's a lot of stuff going on. This is a primetime matchup that I think... You know, it's week 15 NFL football. December. It's Colts-Patriots again. This game matters. You look at this in the second week, third week of this game and what it was going forward, the Colts were two and four, one and five, I forget what it was. You guys were the same exact Mm -hmm. thing. You project this week 15 matchup between the Patriots and Colts. At that time, I don't think anybody was thinking anything of this. Now all of a sudden, hey, here's the two hottest teams in the AFC. Now the Chiefs flipped the switch, obviously, last week. Will they be able to continue to do that? And they said that they didn't see the Raiders Eh. on the logo, Eh. by the way. Okay. And by the way, that is always the answer that Aaron gives when Whenever somebody does the belt, he's like, I did not see that, mm-hmm. is what he always says. The Chiefs here said, we did not see that or whatever. I, I'm sure they heard about it. Whatever the case, it backfired for the Raiders. I love that they did it. Anytime somebody <laughs> talks shit, I, yeah. I enjoyed immensely. But this time, Aaron, by the way, saw it. It was right in his face. Yeah. Well, so I'll be excited to ask him about it. We have to. But let's get back yeah. to this. The Colts-Patriots game, though, is going to be massive. Huge. That is going to be an electrifying environment. Frank Reich, Chris Ballard know exactly what type of game this is in Jim Ursay's eyes mm-hmm. because there's a, we're watching it, man in the arena. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of scars on the heart from the Patriots and the Colts matchup. Oh, and yeah. although Peyton's gone and Tom Brady's gone and there's new pieces, Jim Ursay, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft have been here through this entire thing. And Chris Ballard, if you do recall, his first hire for a head coach when he got a head coaching job. Was Josh McDaniels yes. oh. and Josh McDaniels turned the plane around and said "fuck off." Yeah. <laughs> they had <laughs> breakfast set up, lunch set up, a press conference set up, a meeting with all of them, a Jim Irsay meeting with McDaniels already set up. He was the head coach. Turns the plane around and says "fuck off." So Chris Ballard actually says in that quote, he says "rivalry back on." Yeah. Or he actually said, mm-hmm. and everybody in New England was like, "Oh, shut the fuck up, Chris." Okay, because <laughs> this rivalry isn't really a rivalry as of late. The Patriots have won outright. I was a part of the last win the Colts had against the Patriots oh, yeah. there. Uh, uh, Melvin Bullitt makes a big-time play at home. Fourth and two, I believe, is what it was. And then Payne goes, and then I was a part of a lot of the new regime's losses oh, to the Patriots yeah, where there was some buzz saws happening. My name is projected across the bottom of the worst play yep. that happened in one of those games. But this one's going to be a dogfight. This, this Colts team, I think, is ready for the moment. And I think this Patriots team, although Mac Jones is a rookie, he doesn't act like that at all. I think they're ready for the moment. They all know that this is a playoff game. This is a big deal with a deep history in the franchises. And I think this is fucking amazing amazing that this is coming up this week yeah i mean you are just
3: talking about there is getting me juiced up i mean this is the playoff you know game for both of these teams if the pats win massive chance we can kind of close it out you know buffalo next week will be tough but this one in particular you beat the colts you almost end their season because you can kind of send them down to outside the wild card they're not doing anything both teams off the bye too a lot of i, I think Overall this season, teams off the bye haven't been very good. So I
0: think he started slugging. I think that was Cardinals last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely exactly. the guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely the guard. Yeah. yeah. He uh he yeah. uh, second oh, <laughs> yeah. I am skating backwards. Oh, holy shit. And then Kyler, oh my god, you're not supposed to be here, dude. And he falls. Two seconds into the game. And Aaron Donald. Yeah. Literally. Well, <laughs> this is gonna be all fucking night. And it was dude. Uh-huh. <laughs>
3: He's so good at football.
0: You have to triple team him. Yeah. Because every time they're on prime time, all the commentators talk about is, Hey, this might be the best football player of all time. Mm -hmm. And then the stats don't necessarily show it, but they'll show highlights. They're like, look at this guy getting triple teamed right now, which is allowing others to do it. It's kind of boring for Aaron Donald, I think, because of how much he eats up. Although it's helping everybody else. Last night, for whatever reason, it seemed like Cardinal was like, we got a guy.
1: Yeah, our guy, <laughs> yeah. Our guy
0: we, we got a guy that can hit. I don't think so. I, I don't think anybody's got a guy. I just think that's kind of nationally known. But let's get back to Colts Pets. Yeah, yeah. Colts got a team that can run, can travel, could go to Foxborough. This is very much a, a who's hot, who's not situation. And th- because they're both coming out of the bye week, it might be ugly early. Maybe look for first half under. Oh, okay.
3: Especially if they're both going to be
0: running the ball a lot. See ball, get ball. Not as hard to come out of the gates uh, slow on the defensive <laughs> side as yeah. it is on the offensive side because there's a lot of timing. Although the bye week isn't that long, and maybe you can't lose it, especially if you're hot. Maybe you do stumble a little bit early in a timing rhythm standpoint. Maybe your offensive lineman forgets that actual football is about to happen. Okay. <laughs> you never know what's going to take possible. place. That feels like a good bet going into Saturday night. Well,
3: especially with it feels as though both teams Teams are going to try and make both quarterbacks win the game, because obviously Bill's oh, going to yeah. try and take away Jonathan Taylor. It seems like the uh, Colts are going to try and make Mac throw it after he threw it three times two weeks ago. So, I mean, I can't wait. I'm going to be there. It's going to be let's the first talk time about I what see you. Just,
0: let's just talk about what you just said. It's the first time seeing Mac. Oh, yeah, in
3: person. Are you going to wear those no-bulls? Are you kidding me? I haven't taken them. I sleep in the no-bulls, Pat. I haven't taken these off since September 10th.
0: Yeah. It's amazing the how much those have held up, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. They're unbelievable. They're no bull. Hey, no bull. I was calling those knockoff Toms. Yeah. <laughs> I was calling those like, hey – those are the slightly more athletic version of Tom's mm-hmm. shoes because I had a hell of a Tom's run. Oh. Tom's shoes, they had Who some didn't? with fur on the inside of them there for a bit. I used to wear those everywhere, and they were given back. I mean, yeah. it was oh, yeah. a great thing. And then a lot of other companies, I think, just took their very plain, minimalist design mm-hmm. yes. and kind of made it their own. Sure, mm-hmm. That's what I thought no bulls were when I first looked at them. But now I'm realizing, no bull, these things are sturdy and durable.
3: They're no bull. And I mean, I have gained so much weight since the start of the football yeah. season and this, these things are still going strong. They haven't even torn even a little bit. That's no bull? That's no bull. You haven't Zioned them. I haven't Zioned them. and hey. when he says that, he's What's talking that about, about Duke. He's talking about Duke. The, uh, yeah, he the he shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long that was, time was
0: his first ago. ever injury. That was on the same foot that's still hurt now. Maybe we should be talking about Nike? that as opposed to the body thing.
2: Let's be honest, he doesn't do them any favors with those dirty white trashy socks he wears with them
0: either. Well, that's because he hasn't taken if if he doesn't take his shoes off, he hasn't taken his socks socks off. off. And you're right, the white trash socks do appear that they're actually helping him tell the story that he hasn't taken no no bull shoes off. His socks are like, that's real. Look at these fucking things. There's no they're kind of just like sloppy falling down (laughs) there at the top.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They're disgusting. I mean they're kill socks. You know, what do you want from me? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I don't have any socks. That's the first thing I'm gonna buy with my money when I get it, i'm gonna buy 10,000 pairs of socks now you put 250k on the steelers on thursday yeah i know yeah. that's what I'm, i mean the next Idiot. one okay let's go,
0: let's go back to what you're talking about with the, uh, the next yeah that one's already gone <laughs> all right so <laughs> we'll get the next one because the first bonus went to sunglasses uh-huh. yep. we're looking at those yeah, now yeah. right the second second one <laughs> went to the steelers lost it on thursday <laughs> night as fast as it was in it was out i'm wait till you guys see the financial advisor i'm bringing in to speak to you guys <laughs> I need them. I'm on the horn with every single one that's on Instagram telling everybody how to use their money even though they've never made a fucking dollar in their life. Uh I'm on the horn with all of them to see which one's the right one to come talk to you guys so you guys would be a little bit more adult-like with your funds that you have been... You know, earned and given here as of late.
3: Sure. I mean, I, I will learn from this. I won't do this again, but you're saying Gary Vee's coming yeah. in here and he's going to tell us how so to do this. Gary Vee
0: has her. made a bazillion dollars. I'm yeah. not talking about Gary yeah. Vee. He's been a five time, five, five time, time, five time, five time, five time bestseller. So it's not, right. if we get Gary Vee in here, <clears throat> we would have yesterday.
3: Okay. Yeah. yeah, fair. To
0: talk to you guys. Good point. he's busy. But there's a lot of financial gurus on the internet.
2: Oh, I would imagine. Who have
0: uh, no money. Really? I
2: imagine lately you've probably heard from every one of them. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've, by the way, I've looked into them. Like, the people that, I got time. I, I mean, I flew to L.A. That's a 14-hour flight. True. I mm-hmm. mean, that thing.
2: 16 with headwinds. Well, yeah. that's what
0: I'm saying. We had good yeah. chop eating us. And we were It took forever. <laughs> I was, there was a lot of things being said, you know, in the financial market. And there's, like, you know, financial bloggers and stuff like that and all this. People mm-hmm. talking about money. Well, they never made money. What, what are they even, why are you even talking? You know, what I, mean? I guess because you come from money. Is that something that it, it allows them to speak? There's a lot of people out there who I think, telling people what they should do with their money. Oh, yeah. And I, I would like to have a conversation with every single one of them and say, how do you feel about me buying a wrestling ring about 3 a.m. Whenever I find <laughs> out that I can do that. How much does it cost? Uh, probably like 6,500 bucks or something like that. Uh, it's a bad decision. You should put that 6500 bucks. Oh, yeah? What happens if six years later, they'll have a fucking match in a pay-per-view where mm. I need to at least look above average and maybe that'll be a bigger part of the business? Was a, Would that be a good idea? Well, we can figure out how to rent one later. All right, well, fuck off. Nah, I'm just going <laughs> to buy one.
2: Didn't yeah, see that one coming. So, did I'm, you, smart
3: guy? Huh? Didn't see that one coming. Did you, smart guy?
0: Yeah, did guy. you, pal? Huh? Did you see that coming? No. I did, 3 a.m., Why? a couple cocktails. What? I could buy a ring. What? Is that a big, that, that couldn't be a real one. What? That's a real one. What? All right, I'm going to buy it. Then I'll never hear back from the company, never get a confirmation. <laughs> yes. And then two, three months later, an 18-wheeler will show up in the driveway and say, where do you want us to put this thing? And I say, what is it? And they say, it's a professional wrestling ring. I said, "Holy shit!" Put it in the barn. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and park that thing in the barn. Then it takes us ten hours to put it together. I was mean-
2: gonna say I can't imagine those guys didn't help assemble it. No, did they? Yeah. yeah,
0: they got yeah. out of there as quick as possible. I mean, oh, he- yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh right, thanks. Yeah. Back that big thing out. See you one. later. <laughs> So, putting that thing together took forever. I mean, absolutely. It hurt so bad. People, it would be like a little party thing. People would come over for a cookout or whatever. And they'd be like, oh, let me see the ring. They get in there and they go, like, oh, I'm going to give people's elbow. Ah, boom. Oh, my God. Roll their dead carcasses uh-huh. out of the ring. Not as fun as it has looked, but it was a worthy investment. It yeah. was a worthy yeah. investment. Not to mention OCW. I mean, come on. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo! Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Needed it. Anyways.
3: Mama's dinner table match.
0: There's enough of that whole thing. I mean. Come on. Are you kidding me? all time. (laughs) Test to pay. pay. That might be the best thing we have ever done. By far. By far. It's not even close. We put more time and effort (laughs) into office championship wrestling than anything else. And after we shot every episode in one night. Ty and I's ears were blown out, ringing oh, from people mm-hmm. screaming. Could not speak because we couldn't hear each other, so we were just screaming at each other. <laughs> had fans in the office. Man, I'd never been more proud of it. We, we saw those s- other three episodes, too. Well, we're right. going to have to work yeah, on that. <laughs> <in laughs> <building. laughs> when we were sitting back here editing that thing yeah, afterwards. That's still the hardest I've ever laughed. Dying yeah. laughing. We were so pumped. We're like, oh, we got something here, uh-huh. I think. Anyways, let's get back to it.
3: Uh, Has Vince seen that yet?
0: Well, I mean, maybe we sell it to him. You know? should
3: <laughs> sit down and show him an episode.
0: Hey, by the way, shout out to Ring of Honor, hell of a run! Shout shout out. To Ron. Ron. Hell of a run! All right, let's talk about football. Uh, going back to what Connor was alluding to there a couple of different times, uh, because he was trying to point out that Bobby Okereke, formerly known. Uh, Okuriki, mm-hmm. right? who, by the way, I was set up for failure. Oh, yeah. Big time. I was set up for failure. I'd like to let everybody know that. And I don't know if the decision was made by Bobby and his family for the pronunciation of his last name into Okarike or Okarika. I don't remember the exact, and I don't know the f- uh, phonetic spelling, so I apologize for that. But on draft night, when I announced this stud out of Stanford, they literally had it written out on there Okariki. And that's why I echoed it at the end, was for the person backstage to try to walk me through it like four times as if I didn't have ears or a brain. (laughs) I was like, I got it. I got it. So I actually did it on there. Now, I believe he has changed his name back to its uh, original pronunciation uh, with his Nigerian heritage. So I believe it's Okereke. I wish I would have been able. Bobby Okereke. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. Okarike. Yeah. All right, anyways, I wish I would have been given that on the draft night because anytime (laughs) his name is pronounced uh, Okarike or Okarike, I I get 7,000 tweets and I would like to let Bobby know I apologize for that. Mm -hmm. I I do apologize. He has to see it. I'm a big fan of how he plays football. What Connor has been alluding to is in an interview, he basically came out and said, you know, uh, this is via Stephen Holder, formerly of Indy Star, now at The Athletic. No secret on the Colts' plan for the Patriots on Saturday night. Linebacker Bobby O'Carriquet, we're really going to try to make the game one-dimensional and see what Mac Jones can do. Okay? So is that giving away strategy? Is that giving away plan? Or is the Stanford guy here playing next-level chess Oh. Yeah. with Bill Belichick yeah. is Bobby O'Kerry saying hey listen Ibra Floos defense coordinator Frank Reich how about this? What if I come out and say this? What we're going to do, they're going to think because Bill has already alluded to watching Hard Knocks and listening to clips and mm-hmm. having all that. And Why wouldn't you, by the way, if you can gain an advantage, and that is what Bill Belichick has done his entire career, is gain an advantage however he can. What if K is playing close Sicilian here? Oh, what man. if K? so yeah, we're going to see what Mac Jones is going to do, and then all of a sudden, nah, nah, that ain't what we're doing, actually. We're going to drop eight into coverage. We're yeah. going to have three up front. Let's see how the run game goes. What if Bobby K is playing next level chess against the chess master that is Bill Belichick or what if he immediately got called in and said, Hey, can't be fucking safe. <laughs> yeah. You
3: know, I mean, you're going to kill us, Bobby, but I mean, either way, Bellatrix is going to tell Damian Harris, they're going to think it's going to be that easy to stop you. They're not even uh-huh. thinking about it. They'll say, Hey, we'll put seven guys up there. Damian Harris won't give us any trouble, get him going. And then, you know, McDaniels will be in uh, Mac Jones's year the entire week. They don't think that you can throw the football. They're going to have eight guys in the box to stop Harris. And they don't think you can beat them. So, I mean, it, doesn't really matter what kind of chess Bobby's playing because he's going against the grandmaster, the greatest chess player of all time Bill goddamn
0: Belichick well I don't know if uh, Queens Gambit would yeah Beth Harmon Beth Harmon or the little cowboy in the basement in New York uh, do they play for the Colts I don't think they do Beth Harmon ain't on the
3: Colts hey no stone left
0: unturned we'd probably bring in fucking Beth Harmon and that little basement cowboy guy yeah Yeah. right right, don't you even worry about that Bobby Fisher is that his name
2: no, but Bobby Fischer was a dynamite chess player.
0: Bobby Fischer was? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he like the two-handed wonder from down under of the chess game? Did he change that whole thing? Who the f- who do you think you are? I fucking am. Is that who yeah, Bobby Fischer yeah, is? Pete much. Pete Weber? Yeah. He's the Pete Weber of, of chess? Yes, essentially. Wow. Josh McDaniels can also tell Mac Jones, hey, everybody said that you don't even have to be on the field because you mm-hmm. threw the ball three times and we still beat divisional opponent Buffalo Bills. There's yeah. a lot of things to fire up Mac Jones and to do all that. Obviously, I don't think Bobby saying this is a big deal at all. But in the world of that's bulletin board material, that feels like something that could potentially be viewed in a bulletin board style. But I don't think this Colts defense gives a damn. No, They're, they're I honestly don't think they care. They fly around. I think they work their dicks off too. Like yeah. I think the I think the Colts defense is a big time. Like hey, let's film work. I think that culture that Ibrahulus has built in Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner and Grover who Rover's wings in the the sink, I guess, are top-notch. Can't wait to have that. But that squad, I guess, is a very hard-working squad. So uh, they probably just say, Bobby, can't be saying stuff like that. But also, like... We got to play the Patriots so we can't spend any time worrying about what the fuck you just said about Matt
3: Jones. Yeah, they got guys at every level, like Buckner on the D-line. Obviously, Darius Leonard's one of the best in the game. And then Kenny Moore, too. Like, at all phases of their defense, they have dudes. But for men in the arena, you know, a Philadelphia throwaway newspaper just put a potential parade route in their paper, and Belichick used that. Like, I know bulletin board material is kind of like a I do love, sometimes.
0: but I love that Bill Belichick is like an old-school <laughs> Yeah like, bulletin board guy. Yes. And in that in that man in the arena, look at how easy they think it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would have never thought that Belichick would be that petty. No. Like, who cares? Because remember, the big thing is, can't read the press clip Yeah. yeah. Nor the noise. Keep the noise out. That's like <laughs> yeah. old school football. Can't listen to anything. And Bill Belichick, years and years ago, why everybody was saying, don't read the press clippings. Bill's like, read this one. <laughs> yeah.
3: Use anything to fire him up. Read
0: yeah. this one. Yeah. But there's so many different ways to, like, Legacies. People's legacy is a way to motivate people. There is, you know, comparing them to Patriots of the past that you could do that. To actually utilize that's that's awesome. That's like out of a movie. And the fact that Bill Belichick does that, I love. I wish I could have gone through a season of Bill Belichick team meetings. Just yeah. because I feel like my football IQ would grow even more. Not that Chuck Pagano's team meetings weren't amazing. Mm-hmm. Chuck was a big time and you hear Tomlin talk about it like nameless faceless, whoever it is. I feel like Bill Belichick's not like that. No. He's like, no, actually, this motherfucker here actually had some things to say about this. And whenever <laughs> he came into our uh, combine meeting, he actually told me to fuck off. So we, we got an extra special thing for this guy. <laughs> this guy over here. Yeah, like it feels like that's how Belichick is. And I think that's probably why all the players that ever played for him are like, hey, He's one of our guys because he's just as competitive as we are about everything. Well,
3: and hearing what Cassius Marsh said, he'll actually go through the entire guy's family history and be like, well, actually going back to his great-grandfather, they are Giants fans. They used to hate the Patriots and basically go through the GM, the head coach, and the entire kind of building as a whole. That's why I think think Lombardi
0: told us. Yeah. Lombardi told us that Bill Belichick, although those Wednesday team meetings are to go through – like the points of emphasis, the keys to victory, what we're thinking about doing. And you heard Eckler talk about it and Herbert talk about it. It's the first time the Chargers have explained to everybody every different department's mission for the week. So then there's some accountability, like, hey, we know why the defense is trying to take away this guy. So if they do that, we can do that. But him not only doing, like, the keys to victory on why the offense is going to do what they're going to do, with defense and special teams, I think there's a lot of coaches that do that. But him saying the way this team is constructed – Yeah this general manager had this happen right this quarterback was his quarterback he got hurt on a blind side this general manager said I am running everything through the offensive line so this team is supposed to be constructed in a manner that the offensive line is supposed to do like that shit is just so much Mm -hmm. like that's so much information to be given but I guess that's why you have to be a certain type of player to go up there okay so you can kind of digest it all each week and then your test is the game and then you go into the next week it's like okay his History lesson on this fucking general manager, this head coach, this play caller. Now, whenever we get into a situation, we have to dial back into that. Okay, what does this guy like to do in this situation? Boom. It feels like the amount of information that the Patriots organization gives out is just so much. It would take a special type of player to be up there. That would have been really cool to kind of experience and watch. And I feel like I'd be much better at this job if I would have done that, but here I am, just watching Man Arena. Like, let me get a glimpse. Yeah, let me hear what this dude's saying in there.
2: Well, and that's what's so crazy about all the Mac Jones stuff is we like in the pre-draft process they made him out to basically be that guy, and everyone was saying like, hey, you know, like it's gonna happen. Like we saw it happening in front of our eyes. Like, hey, he's gonna fall to the Patriots and and Belichick, and it's just gonna be like a perfect marriage. And then of course it happens, and here we are, and they're on top of the AFC again. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, but the Colts, hey. This city's going to be buzzing. Bro. That's right. Don't you think? I this... think there's a full concert going on. Mm-hmm. By oh, yeah.
2: Well, is Ursa.
0: Oh! He might is be, Ursa? He might be playing. Hey. Down the circle. Hey, Nick put that video out into the universe uh, for the Super Boost. I feel it. <laughs>
1: I
2: feel it in my bones. That video's 2 0. Oh. Yeah. You got to save for special moments.
0: Hey, by the way, Super Boost, don't look now. It is on fire. Mm-hmm. Look for Thursday night, maybe. Maybe we continue that thing, but maybe Ursa is performing
2: I mean, you get that kind of extra juju going towards the team, but don't you think this is like a Carson Wentz has like a real opportunity because obviously know. we know how much like Jonathan Taylor means and what he's going to have to do, but you look at the Bucks game where like I that could have been like a, another like taking a step up the ladder for this Colts team because they are still young like This is a big game for Carson Wentz to kind of prove that, like, hey, I I should be the guy here. Like, you beat this Patriots team who's this hot and kind of cement them going forward in the playoff race. Like, this is a big game for him.
0: Hey, I don't want to be the one that asked the question, but I'm going to ask the question. And he came in here. All right. He's big. Big son of Uh a bitch. Big. Uh Yeah, huge. I mean, and he's a lumbering guy when he walks in here. Okay, he's big son of Did not get introduced last at the game we went to against the Jets when the offense got introduced. Did not get introduced last. Jonathan Taylor did. He is not the conversation whenever you talk about the Colts offense. Jonathan Taylor is. I bet you Carson likes that, right?
2: Yeah, I think so.
0: You know what I mean? Takes yeah. a
2: lot of pressure away. Like just, I think he
0: doesn't have to deal with... Sh- like the, All the attention and drama that surrounded him in Philadelphia... Yeah. Now there's really nothing, aside from like hard knocks, I guess, filming every single day Mm -hmm. and maybe catching everything he says at every single moment because there might be a moment where he's a little bit upset about something. And, you know, we kind of went after the Colts for deciding to throw the ball with Carson, even though he did have a hot hand and was throwing the ball well. We're like, run the damn ball. So I assume there's moments in Carson's mind where he's like, I could do this, though. like I And he probably has some sort of ego that has gotten him to this point that you have to have, even though he's a very nice guy. So I bet there are moments where Carson's not exactly thrilled that the running back is the guy. But I bet ultimately, in the end, Carson is very pumped to be an Indianapolis Colt with the way this is. Yeah, I now.
3: think he loves it. I mean, his number is number two. He comes out second to last. He picked maybe not even second best company in, in Bobcat. I mean, Deer's yeah. number one. Hey, John Deere.
0: Yeah. Hey! John Deere, friend of the program. Yeah. You
2: oh, we always knew you were a Deer guy. I mean, you could never really... Who, co- yeah. He a yeah, Carson. I mean, you know, he's Bobcat guy, so you really couldn't. But we... So, Us John Deere guys knew you were So John you're Deere saying guy.
0: Bobcat's power? Yeah,
2: yeah, big time. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it might be all sport. It, to it be might honest. be all sport. Whoa, Bobcat's all sport. Yeah, Caterpillar might be power. No well, way, Carson's should. rolling
0: around on that Bobcat. You're telling me Carson wants big. We just said it. Yeah, yeah, big, and that thing's got rabbit. That thing is. Oh whoa. yeah. Whenever he's doing a zero turn, he's going out there. He's he really
4: keeping turtle.
0: Bro, he's tilling the field, dude, out there with the bobcat. You're oh, telling yeah. me that thing's all sport, bro, bobcat? It
2: might be. I mean, I I don't want to say it, but I tell you what, once you get on that fucking deer, it's like, wow, this is a, this is a blue glacier powerade. You can tell it. I mean, <laughs> the way that thing hums. You know. You've always known. You've known.
0: Well, John Deere did follow me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah.
2: Come on. I don't know if it's
0: John or the Deer family. But somebody in, in the department did follow us. I think John, yeah, either way, let's get to a break. John's dead.
2: No, oh yeah, no, he can't be. No, yeah, he's born in like the eighteen hundreds. No, right. oh no, let's turn him. You kidding me? <laughs> Are you what?
0: kidding me, dude? You did not die in vain, sir. No. Let's have a moment of silence for fucking John Deere, dude. What year did he pass? Uh, a- eighteen eighty six. Yeah, he's it's...
2: an old son of a bitch. God. Yeah, but.
0: No! He was. Born 1804. Yeah, That's was. Son hey, hell of a run, 84. Yeah. Hell of a run, John Deere. Good job, John. Legends never die. Hey, like. we appreciate then your go. brain, the Steve Jobs of uh, farming. That's right. Uh, no, he mm-hmm. did the work himself. Oh, All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. combined. All uh, right, he is the, the ultimate. Yeah. All right, let's get through a break. Shout out to John Deere, dude. Shout out.
2: Nothing runs like a deer. Nope. Miss
0: you. <laughs> 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 oh, she thinks my tractor's sexy. Yeah. Yeah. You think that guy ever thought that his piece of uh, incredible machinery was going to be described as sexy? I no,
2: know. his bones are probably turned into dust right now because what? of that. You know, he he wouldn't like that. But what do you? You don't do? think he
0: would think that people think that his uh, machinery is so? beautifully crafted that people are singing songs about that sexiness. You don't think Mr. John Deere right there Dude, would have appreciated nah, that? No, nah, no, he's all green. about
2: grit. You know, yeah, grit but. and determination.
0: He's a big man. Takes the tractor another round. Another round.
2: Another round. That's his style. Bingo. Yeah, yeah. Hey,
0: let's all talk about how it looks, all right? Let's go out and do the fucking work. Let's How's take a function? couple trips.
2: How's the function of it? Yeah, it makes his corn pop up in rows.
0: Bingo. Yeah, but he... Hey, come on. Well, and the thing about it is... Rain makes corn.
3: corn. Corn makes whiskey. Whiskey, whiskey makes my, my baby. baby. A frisky.
0: I wonder if John Deere is mentioned there at all, because that's all friskiness, and John Deere is part of the corn making process after the rain comes down. Yeah,
5: mm-hmm. he should be.
0: Anyway, shout out to John Deere, dude. Thanks for everything you did for music and for farms. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills. Let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes. And guess what? Ha! Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging bang up. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all, <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's Boom! Right. Dingers. Count <laughs> time. Bingo. is a man who went 29 of 37 for 341 in four tuds on Sunday night. Is that good? You tell me. He was called into question about his shit talk during a game, whether or not it was bulletin board material, and said, I don't take back anything I say. Look at the stats. Matt Nagy at halftime was asked by the on-field reporter, hey, what are you guys going to do in the second half? He said, I'm having so much fun. Aaron Rodgers heard that and said, you mocked the belt in the first quarter. This guy's having so much fun. Flipped the switch in the second half. Absolute domination of the Chicago Bears. Ladies and gentlemen, quarterback and reigning MVP of the NFL for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Pick him up and put him down. (laughs) Uh, That was awesome, dude. That is awesome. That's amazing. Did you send me this shirt? Uh, I don't think so, but. I, Somebody I,
5: said, it was in my locker this morning, so I said, I'm wearing this today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you look good. Epitome of will be happy about that, at e hey. Yinzer will love it.
5: Congrats to you and the boys, man. I haven't talked to you since the news broke. Couldn't be more happy for you guys. Couldn't happen to better people. Harder workers in the business. And I watched that, uh, and I was texting with you last week, but I watched that video uh, that, you, that you put together. And it's... Uh, that gets you a little misty watching that, man. Well, I know you did as well. I know you talking about your your folks and all the people that helped you. That was that was really special, man. Good, good for you. Good for the boys and and. Good to see you guys be well taken care of for at least the next three years.
0: Well, I think that type of money, uh, obviously, you're going to take care of us for a long time, but uh, thank you, Aaron. Honestly, thank, thank you. you Aaron. Thank you for the love and the kind words last week via text, and the conversation was very nice, and uh, we can't thank you enough for your time and your appearances on here in different shirts sporadically throughout the season. You're the fucking man, and we are eternally grateful for you, pal. Pick them up and put them down. Let's continue to do that every single Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Let's dive right into it. Chicago Bay. Bears is there just teams and schemes and places that you play better against you think or why do you always seem to have a good game against the Chicago Bears
5: well I've had a good run against uh, against a few teams Uh, there's you know I don't think it's been just one specific team but I don't know I mean they were missing obviously Mack and and Akeem was out um, but it was one of those strange, strange games where we needed to perform on offense. We would start really, really slow in the first quarter, and then a bunch of crazy stuff happened. You know, we hit uh, hit a touchdown on a fourth and two, and then have a pick six and think, okay, now we settle in. Now we're up fourteen ten. This thing's going to go our way. And then you know they hit a you know hit a little touchdown, and we punt, and you know. Grant takes it back. 90 96, 96.
0: is he doing? What is he doing?
5: He's the only guy I've ever seen take a ball out of the end zone on a punt. I mean, and he should, too. He's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he is an incredible returner. And, but then we put together some really important drives, two-minute drive to score out of the second half, you know, six-minute drive to score. And then the, in the fourth quarter of that drive that took up seven or eight minutes that put the game away. Offensively, we just got into a groove. Dennis Kelly stepped in for Billy Turner and did a really nice job. Obviously, we got the ball to Devontae. Big Dog had a bunch of yards. Showed up. Alan Lazard had a really nice game, and both our backs contributed a lot as well.
4: Hey, you mentioned scoring on fourth and two. When you were running that play on third down, did you know this is four-down territory?
5: No, I didn't. I mean, I feel good about the third-down call. I probably just didn't get to throw in the air quick enough. Um but I looked over the sidelines, and it didn't seem like there was any question uh, on Matt's uh, on Matt's mind whether or not we should go for it. He called a really nice play, and uh, luckily, you know, I, I was able to put the ball in a good spot. Uh, Roquan kind of – luckily, uh, and the linebacker playing so tight in line of scrimmage, it was kind of an RPO and, and was able to sneak that in there, but, you know, just in time. What do you
4: mean kind of an RPO?
5: Well – it was, it was a complex RPO. It wasn't just – a lot of RPOs you're reading one specific guy. There's like one guy who's not blocked. You know, there's uh, there could be a defensive end. There could be an a inside linebacker. But that kind of determines whether or not you throw the ball. This was not. This was a run with a run solution attached to it. So not exactly an, an, an RPO traditionally where you're kind of reading – a technique or a linebacker or a specific defender.
0: Did you give us a bullshit answer there for competitive advantage purposes?
5: No, I didn't. That was that was a real answer.
0: That was a great answer then, man. That was really good. <laughs> I, I feel like I really learned some stuff there. Let's talk about a couple situations. i not app- right.
5: That country had popular... You know, not popular. They're held belief by certain individuals.
0: I thought you were misleading mm-hmm. us there for a second. Pretty,
5: pretty straight shooter.
0: <laughs> Chris <laughs> Collinsworth said that. Collinsworth so. yeah, yeah, Chris Collinsworth got buried for saying that, but whatever the case, there's always going to be people that don't like you. Let's talk about a couple of things. Yeah, you talked about. Do knowing-
5: immunization, you got to put in, you do an immunization protocol, then you uh, champion yourself as uh, immunized. I'm not sure what you guys would call it, but um, multiple week, month immunization protocol, and then you, at the end of that, say in, that I'm immunized. I'm not sure what people would call it, but. Um,
0: yeah, well, you're jumping right back in the fire. Whatever the case, you do whatever you got to do. That's your world. That's not mine, and I appreciate you doing whatever you're doing. Let's talk, though, about a later fourth down decision because you talk about this one, fourth and two. Later, there was a time where you and the floor were obviously speaking on the sideline, and I put out a tweet to remind myself. Was the floor actually saying, like, hey, hey, listen, do you want to kick this or you want to go for this because there was a time in the playoffs where I got absolutely murdered for making this decision? And I think you said, let's kick it. You send Mason out there to go up uh, 11 or maybe I think it was good to go up eleven there. Has that been the type of conversation that has always happened between you and LaFleur, or was it just spotlighted on Sunday night football in that situation?
5: Well, we've kind of run low on the play on the play clock, the previous play. So we kind of got to the line of scrimmage and uh we're gonna call a timeout and just wanted to make sure that we made the right decision there. You know, it's been a back and forth game, there have been some wild plays that have happened. Uh, They've obviously been effective on, on offense, and and teams. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was important for us to go up two scores in that situation. So uh, I think we made the right decision. I think so too.
4: Hey, what did you think of uh, seeing Justin Fields now play for a second time? I know he he had a great response. The pick six, he comes down, throws a laser that that goes for a touchdown, I believe, on the next drive. Like, wh- what did you think? Now you've seen him play twice.
5: I think he's a really talented kid. I think he's, uh, you know, he can obviously, he's got a good arm on him. Uh, he can really Thank move you. around and extend the plays and make plays outside the pocket. Um, you know, the most important thing for young players is to continue to work on the little things and, and the little details. Um, you know, there's always, uh, you know, even as an older player, every year you go back and you kind of watch the previous year's film and try and work on one specific thing during the, uh, uh, you know, during training camp and in the offseason. You know, he's... I think it's asking too much to focus on. I got to change, you know, six different things and improve. You know, take one or two things you really want to work on the offseason. Could be ball handling, could be uh, for work in the pocket, uh, just little things to improve on. And if you start stacking, you know, years and years of really trying to work on one or maybe even two specific things, you uh, can really uh, become uh, the star. I mean, and he is, you know, he has a lot of star qualities with his presence and, and his, uh, his ability.
0: Are you in a kitchen right now? Is there it feels like they're running French toast and some potential uh, you know, little B's and Gs down there in the back. Is that what's going on over there?
5: Yeah, there's some ambient noises going on here. Uh, it's beautiful. It's Ed lovely. Barry Ed Berry's over here. Yeah. Money team He can't you know, can't keep his you know, he's munching on some Captain Crunch or something. <laughs> Touching the <laughs> side of the bowl every two like hey you? He's
0: getting every fucking last one. Is it the berries? Is he trying to get the berries out of the bottom there? That's Oof, amazing. Food's all
5: berries? Yeah, it might be that. I don't know.
0: <laughs> all right, it's awesome. It's amazing. I remember the last time after the game you talked to Justin Fields, and I don't remember if it was on the field or off the field, but you told him, like, hey, cherish this rivalry. Like, this rivalry is a real thing. And I think you legitimately, whenever you were telling us about it, you wanted him to treat it. You know, like, hey, this deserves a little bit more respect than every other game. These are two franchises that have been battling for a long, long time. So whenever you get flipped off by the Bears fans and then you let them know that I am the landlord of your entire football existence, like that's good for the rivalry, I think. How about when old buddy does the belt? Right in your face. I mean, like, right in your Because normally when we ask you about the belt, it's happened four other times this season. Uh, the teams have gone on to lose, obviously. Uh, Chandler Jones did it. The cards were up 7-0. They end up losing 24-21. Jamal Adams did it when you guys were just up 3 nothing. Would go on to go 17-0. Robert Quinn, obviously, scoreless, goes on to win 45-30. He did it again uh, previously in the year via Matt Schneidman. You saw that one. Was that, a, was that a shot to your heart? And were you like, you know what? I'm going to play football better this guy just did this in my face,
5: dude.
0: I, I really thought this was going to
5: go one or two ways. That that was not a good decision, or the, the the narrative would be you know somebody finally did the belt and backed it up, and they you know they got after us. It's it's been pretty one sided though. I think for the most part, you know I'm I'm glad people aren't getting hurt doing it anymore, but it's been pretty it's been pretty one sided with the with that, but. I like Robert. I I enjoy competing against him. He's had a great season. He really has. And he's had a phenomenal season. Like, he's got 13 and a half sacks or something like that. I mean, he's he's had a a Pro Bowl caliber season, and and, uh, I
4: enjoy competing against him.
0: I love that he did it right in your face. Honestly, I I, I do. I enjoy it. Like,
4: that is. It's a compliment. It's an ultimate compliment to you, I feel like. It is. There are not many guys that
5: have their own celebration that people just love to. Exactly. Throwback in your face,
0: right? Well, I think, I mean, you're Aaron fucking Rogers, dude, you know, and that discount double check started coming out, and then the belt got bigger. The biggest one you've ever done was in Chicago uh-huh. for the entire midway. I think that was the largest championship belt ever. But let's talk about a couple of those plays, because that throwback to Aaron Jones that was filthy, absolutely Filthy. Now I'm hearing via reading the internet that that was a call back to 2005 when old Farvey threw one to Amon in a preseason game or whatever. And this is just now another thing added to the long list of your recall is ridiculous. When are you thinking of this, that all in 2005 when Farvey did this against the Buffalo Bills in a preseason game to Amon and they score a a 12-yard touchdown when you get through all your reads and you throw it back when you're rolling out to the right? Is that live in the play? Is that while you're practicing the play? Is that as you're calling the play? When do you think about all this shit?
5: You just kind of lock that one away. I mean, I remember watching that play going, man, how would you even begin to think about getting back to that guy uh, that'd be fun to, to be in that mental space one day. And every now and then, I think you just remind yourself when you go back and watch them film certain games, if this situation comes up where it's a it's a design rollout, you get pulled up or you pull up for some reason, you never know what could be going on on the backside or when you can get back to that guy. Uh, and so it's always kind of in the back of your mind. This play was more of a designed um, potentially pull up and throw to, to Big Dog. And You know, when I pulled up, the corner from the back side, I believe it was Johnson, um, went to double uh, double Big Dog. And I just happened to see Jonesy sneaking out. And for whatever reason, you know, he wasn't supposed to turn it up. He just kind of turned it up. And right as I got to about the throwing spot, I saw, I believe it was 98, kind of hanging. And so I just put a little more loft on it just to hopefully get over his head. and, And Aaron Jones makes the difficult catches look very easy and obviously he did the rest. But that was that was a fun play just because, you know, coaches spend all this time, you know, creating these plays and drawing these things up, and then we go to practice. And I, I remember watching uh, Peyton talk about this on one of his detail uh, breakdowns of a game, and he was laughing how, oh, I'm, this is just how they drew it up in practice. And every single time, you know, they're scheming us up for the look team to – have this guy be wide open and begin the game, and it doesn't happen anywhere near how he schemed it up all week. And that was the case in this situation. So the joke is always you come back, and I saw Maddie on the sidelines, the and I was like, "Hey, just how you draw it up, right?"
4: <laughs> Classic. Hey, what was going through your head when you saw the ref actually call an offensive PI on Devonte? Oh. Did you have any words with him?
5: I no, I didn't. Uh, I was surprised the ball down a left sideline, that that wasn't uh, a PI on Johnson. Um, but it, I don't think, Devontae didn't seem like he was arguing too much. So uh, I could tell right away that he thought it was on him. Uh, and I'd missed the throw outside by about a foot. So I was more mad about missing, missing the throw um, in, in that situation. But I will give uh, you know, Johnson credit number 33. He's really become a good player. Um, He's a solid corner. He does star coverage where he goes, you know, he'll go side to side with the star receiver. Won't, you know, like many guys, if Tay is in the slot, he won't always go in the slot on him, which is it's not a, a knock on him at all. Um, it's just that, you know, usually they the, the slots and uh, slot corner, nickel corner cover that guy in there. But, but he's become uh, a really, really solid corner and I think deserves a lot of uh, attention for uh, for the Pro Bowl because I think he's had that type of season.
0: Okay, so I didn't really know of him, and that's on me, I guess. I should have more film, but I'm not playing against the Bears, and the Bears aren't going to be around in the end. The only conversation is, why is Nagy and Pace still there? <laughs> that, that's what the Bears' conversation is, so I don't dive into this. But when I saw him traveling with Devontae, and in the first half, it seemed like he had a lot of success. I was like, damn, like this guy is... Second half, do you and Devontae talk at halftime, and you're like, okay, this we're going to do a fake... Uh, fade right to a post for a touchdown. We're going to leave it. Like, is that a conversation that happens at halftime where you guys recognize, okay, this guy's having some success against us. What do we need to do? What can we change to get in there? And how quickly can that conversation take place?
5: Well, that's the beauty of the conversations that happen with sideline and, and, and how important those little things can be. Uh, right before we went out for the two minute uh, drive, they believe I started the drive, started with a little over two minutes, but Getty was, uh, he said, "What are you What are you thinking about this drive?" And I said, "We got to move Tay around." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I was just going to tell you we got to get let's let's think about some plays with Devontae in the slot uh, because we feel like that could give us uh, some good matchups." So, you know, we had a couple completions early in that drive, and then hit Allen for about 15 on just kind of a quick, uh, you know, vertical peak. And I, you know, ripped the timeout. And I was thinking about what is the best route to take a shot on this play where we can protect it because Dennis was in. I want to make sure he felt comfortable uh, and then give us the best opportunity. So I moved Quez on the same side as awesome. Devontae and gave Tay kind of a, an out and up on that play, which he hadn't really run. I can't remember the last time he run uh, an out and up, more or less really an out from the slot. So. Uh, Luckily, it all worked out. Marquez on that play deserves a lot of credit because he was smoking it down the left side and drew not just Jalen Johnson that side, but also the safety attention. And, and Devontae did a nice job uh, on his route, took his head back on the on the out, and I was able to put him in a good spot. And then he does just, you know, kind of the smoothest catch-avoid walking in the end zone that, that you've seen in a while. A lot of times, you know, that guy either gets drilled or he drops the ball because he knows he's you know, safety's bearing down on him. But not only did he make a miss, but it, but I think Eddie uh, drilled uh, you know the corner on that the nickel yeah. on that play when he was uh, when he was chasing chasing Tay. So I mean he's a different type of player. Uh, the conversation about the the touchdown that happened on the last uh, our last possession uh, was definitely a halftime conversation.
4: Hey, what were you saying? They call. showed you uh, after the game talking to Jakeem Grant. What did you say to him, and did you have any idea he would have such a huge impact on that game?
5: I mean, look, I, I've, uh, if, a, you know, if we're not playing and the Bears game is on, uh, if it's a punt, I'm definitely watching the play because this guy is so exciting. Ever since I saw him, they showed a clip. I think when we were playing him the first time, and I saw him catch a ball in the end zone on a punt. Yeah. I said, this guy is unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't want it the day,
0: confidence. I said, think about the confidence <laughs> that oh <my> day. Yes, <laughs> the confidence is incredible.
5: But, he, but a punt return with him in the game is must-see TV. It really is. Uh, you know, I'm just shaking my head watching that. You know, he catches the ball on the five-yard line, I'm thinking. At some point, this guy, you know, we've got to be able to get him down, right? And then he kind of stumbles a little bit. I'm thinking, oh, this is good. This is good. And when he flipped – Field, it was like, see ya. Man, ain't nobody catching this guy. And you know the other, the you know they flipped him that little pass when he went in motion, which is basically a punt return for the first uh, you know, long touchdown of the game. Uh, I just told them. I mean, he's a little guy. He's probably five seven five eight. But man, I just told him how much? How much I enjoy watching him play. And and there's guys you pull for across the league, even when you you know against your rivals, but because they're exciting to watch, and you'd pay money to watch you know, this guy play ball, and he'd probably be a guy that I'd, you know, pay money to watch return punts for sure.
0: Yeah, your special teams certainly has to tighten up. All right, I mean, I saw it in like the first quarter. I was watching some coverage, and I saw a bunch of people stacking behind each other, and I'm like, this ain't, hey, this can't be happening this late into the season. So they're going to have to do that. And after his long return, I mean, the game was, you know, going a different way. I mean, it was like, holy hell, everything is going the Bears' way right now. And they show your face a lot. You seem to have this, like, Just, I think you had your hands in your jersey, you know, you didn't have the turtleneck on, you know, so it was a little bit of a, okay, it's not that cold, I guess. But you always have this, like, just super chill, like, hey, it's all going to be okay. Is that how it is internally? And is that something you have to work on? Is that something you've worked on throughout your entire career? Yeah, well, you do appear to be stoned. Yeah, I mean, that is something that uh, I would say. But it does feel like you are just in a a different universe almost whenever all that shit's happening.
5: Yeah, well, I was basically trying to astral project myself into the stands. And I was able to do that, and then they found me somehow. They found me in the stands. That was an astral projection of my own body um, with a filled-in beard. Great beard, by the way. Really nice. Great beard. Um, yeah, there's the picture. Um, yeah, you know, I I think the point is always to, to keep uh, – to keep up the positivity on the sideline, to not let them know where, you, where you're feeling. Every now and then, I mean, look, you're human. You, you know, they've caught me saying the f word probably so many times on TV, um, or saying, you know, I've, I've said, you know, crazy things that they've they've picked up for sure. But, uh, but for the most part, I think I'm a little bit more zen and centered the last uh, the last few years, and realizing that you know everybody's always watching the quarterback and the coach, and you know, Maddie, you know. To his credit, and to you know, to sometimes his own emotional instability, you know, he he's, he runs he runs kind of hot sometimes. So if he's if he's going to be hot and animated, I got to be the cool one. If I'm going to be hot and animated, you know, he's got to be the one to, to simmer down a little bit.
0: Have you ever seen him without the freshest of fades? By the way, he is always perfectly faded up. His face is always... I mean, it is... I'm, I uh, met his his barber, sent us a couple yeah. messages. I guess there's a team barber out there that keeps LaFleur super fresh. I mean, he is always the freshest.
5: Great eyebrow, eyebrow game, right? I mean, the eyebrows are amazing. You know, I, I, I want to take this time to give a shout-out to his wife, Brie because uh, much like AJ knows with some other coaches back in the day, who I won't mention, but there's many coaches who uh, would really have a hard time getting through life without their wife, yes. you know, because a lot of these guys kind of grow up. 98%. percent like they scholarship guys. Some don't know how to do laundry or iron clothes or prepare their own food without <laughs> going to the, you know, to the freezer for some Hot Pockets. Uh, so, big shout out to Bree. Uh, she's a, a great uh, wife, great mom. They got two... Really cute, uh, cute boys, uh, who I got to see uh, before the game, Ty and Luke, and uh, but but uh, Matt's a great guy, and and he's well put together on game day. <laughs> but behind every great coach is a wife pulling all the strings. I think uh, to make him to make them look good. So a big shout out to Bree.
0: Shout out to all the coaches' wives, and let's talk real quick about the. Hey, there was a guy that looked like you that was in the stands, oh, man. I, you just alluded to it, and I, you said you just uh, Astro planted yourself in the crowd there for a little bit. He appeared to be on some—he's allegedly a Canadian Bavarian fellow who currently lives in Germany. Have you met this man yet? Have you talked to him yet? And uh, at what point were you told that the Internet was falling out of their chairs about this guy watching the game in Lambeau?
5: Total plant. That was a total plant by NBC. <laughs> I'm sure.
0: <laughs> they find that guy. I mean, it was unbelievable. And
5: I didn't realize when somebody sent me that it was like that was during the game that they found that and they put multiple. You know, eight minutes. Yeah. It. it was It uh-huh. was ten
0: minutes of that thing. I mean, that wasn't hit. This and the thing.
5: Incredible. The thing that, though that makes me think might have been a plant. Is doesn't he turn to the camera and acknowledges the he camera? Yeah, he at points it. at it. But
0: also, I mean, it's oh, yeah.
5: has he got his SAG card? I mean, I feel like
0: would <laughs> <laughs> uh, be great hiring, great casting. But I think if a camera was just staring at me, you know, weirdly, and I was potentially smoking the same things or drinking the same things that this guy had, <laughs> I think I would be like, hey, what the hell's going on? I wonder if he <laughs> knew as well. It seems like a really cool guy. We've seen him on the internet. Great guy. Um, let's yeah. talk about... Let's what, talk- what
5: about the other doppelganger, though? Wasn't there somebody that looked just like Bill Burr, the yes. comedian?
0: Cameron. Oh, yeah. yeah, the punter for the Houston Texans. Yeah, it was a good day. I,
5: I saw that one. That one was a dead-on one, too.
0: Hey, Bill Burr's coming in studio on Friday. I can't wait to hear what that's going to be like here. I mean, he's... Yeah.
5: Gonna, yeah. Say hello. Say hello for me. Do you know and Bill? The, I got to meet him when he came out to Green Bay a few years back and, and do some comedy. Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy him. Legend.
0: Uh, Absolute legend icon. I made him laugh one time at a rough and rowdy, and I put that as my Twitter bio. Made Bill Burr laugh one time, just because that's how high I hold him in regards. It's the day before the Patriots and Colts on Saturday, so he's going to be, I mean, it's going to be fucking unbelievable. Can't wait for that. Let's talk about the coverage, though. Collinsworth was talking about a lot of conversations he had with you, I think, behind the closed doors, alongside conversations he had with Gunther Kuntz and LaFleur, and he said we have, and Al Michaels, who's an absolute legend, as is Collinsworth, they said, we have nothing scientific to prove Prove to you that Aaron What if I would have died right there? Sure.
4: Uh, what if I would have died bad. right there? It
0: wouldn't have been good. Terrible. Do you get Do you get the rest of the money from FanDuel? That's what I'm saying. And what about the donations? Those are still going through, right? And all the boys, <laughs> yeah. you guys still got your stuff. I just want <laughs> to let everybody know if I do die in the middle of asking a question. He was talking about though about how they have no scientific proof, but coming out of the conversation, they feel a lot more positive about Aaron and Green Bay sticking together. And then he said that you told him that you didn't want to drag it out. You kind of wanted to get it done quickly. And Gunther Kuntz and you have a much better relationship. It was a lot of the coverage in the second second half was talking about you your future with Green Bay has that been every conversation with every commentator that's come in just ask about that and how do you feel that is uh, how do you feel about that situation currently with what Gunther Kuntz has brought in where the team is at your relationship with him allegedly as soon as you got back on the field after a lot of days off because of the toe and COVID you went right up to Gunther Kuntz, uh dapped him up Packers fans were super pumped about that where are you mentally with all of that and is that the only thing the commentators ask you about now?
5: <laughs> no, I mean, look, it's going to be one of the questions for sure moving forward as we get late in the season. I understand that, and I and, uh, got a question after the game if it was my last time playing against the Bears. And uh, yeah, I haven't thought about that a whole lot. I mean, I really, I really haven't. I think when you're a creature of habit during the season, you you your focus uh, definitely narrows. Um, but at some point, there'll be obviously time to reflect on that and to think about uh, the season. But I think that's you know weeks and weeks and weeks away. So. In the meantime, I don't know that Chris talked to Brian. I don't usually GMs. I don't think do production meetings, but uh, but he, there was a lot of questions from uh, from you know all Catherine Allen and and, uh, and Chris and uh, and Freddie about uh, about you know that idea of uh, you know where I'm at mentally with the team and um, yeah I don't want to overshare uh, in those situations just because I feel like uh, just like. During the off season, a lot of those conversations need to stay uh, between the people involved uh, with them. But um, you know, that's been uh, been a good year of conversation between Brian and myself. Um, you know, I feel like I've been involved in a lot of conversations uh, about certain uh, individuals on this, you know, on the squad and also on other squads and making our team better. Um, obviously, there has been uh, some acquisitions that I think have really. Uh, really helped out and paid dividends for Sewell Douglas, you know, being oh. as big as, as, as any of them, but Devondre Campbell as well. Um, I was thinking about it after the game the other night. Uh, the beauty uh, in this in the in the game and why I feel romantic about it from time to time is is the redeeming uh, qualities uh, that a team uh, can have. The redeeming nature of bringing guys back into the fold who weren't really wanted by other teams and making them feel like they have a real home. And it's that restoring of dignity opportunity that that I think every locker room and team has a chance to do based on the personnel that comes in and and the type of personalities that those individual players have. But we've had a lot of guys who I think were kind of outcast guys or or afterthoughts at times. Whether they're draft picks who got passed over by a number of teams or drafted later than they thought they were going to be drafted or players who are on the street who weren't wanted by teams, there's been a a decent amount of those guys uh, who we've uh, acquired – over the years, and I think when you add enough of those guys together, and you make them feel like they're a part of something special, you can really create a tight, cohesive group. And you look look at the guys that we, that are making a big impacts for us on both sides of the ball. There's a lot of those type of guys. Not just the Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbells of the world, um, but Preston Smith coming back and taking a uh, you know a pay cut, uh, and and you know setting aside his ego and his pride. And I think he's had such an important impact on our team, not just from a production standpoint, but from a leadership standpoint. Um, you know, an offense we just plugged in Dennis Kelly, who wasn't really wanted by a lot of teams, and he had a had a very nice game for us. Aaron Jones was a late round draft pick who a lot of people didn't think would ever gonna was ever gonna be a number one pick. Look at our offensive line. We have Josh Nishman at left tackle, we have John Runyon Jr. at left guard, Lucas Patrick at center. Royce Newman and his mullet at right guard, and Dennis Kelly at right tackle. A lot of those guys were either undrafted, drafted late, or not thought of as, as guys who were going to be contributors to our football team, especially not starting the season out. other than maybe Lucas, who was expected to start for us at one of the interior positions. And that's kind of, I think that sets an attitude in the squad of, of guys who are able to set aside their ego and have some sort of chip on their shoulder and have some appreciation for coming together and uh, in, in being a part of chemistry in the locker room and togetherness and connectedness. And it's it's similar to, to the teams that A.J. was on that, that were our best teams over the years, 2009, 2010, 2014, um, where we had a really tight locker room, and, and it, it's a good feeling coming to work every day.
0: So you love being a Green Bay Packer right now, yeah?
5: <laughs> I love playing ball, man. Oh, he's loving
0: ball. Loving ball. ball. This guy loving ball. I love Love that. Go ahead, Ty. That's got to be great to hear, by the way. Yeah,
5: it is.
2: Awesome. Uh, Aaron, first (laughs) and foremost, another incredible game. Attaboy, Uh, Aaron. It was really fun to watch. I can't remember if it was late first quarter or the second quarter. You carried out one of, if not the most beautiful play action in the history of football when you hit uh, Big Dog down there is that like a dying art? Do you think how, like how often are you practicing, like carrying out the fake like that in practice? Cause it seems like uh, a lot of these younger guys like that, that really isn't like a big, I mean, is it a dying art?
5: I think it is. And, and I'm, I'm glad you asked this Ty. You always ask great questions. About about great Thank sweater you. on today as well. Hell yeah. Um, it's a great opportunity to give a shout out to another Pittsburgh guy uh, who loves to pick him up and put him down. Um, <laughs> Alex Van Pelt. Mm. And Coach Van Pelt came to me one offseason, and this is piggybacking off another answer I gave earlier about trying to improve on one thing. And he said, I want you to become a better uh, ball handler. So we're going to work hard on your fakes, your two-and-one fakes, your skip fakes, uh, because you can – be a lot better at that, and I said, "Sweet, I, you know, I'm looking forward to the challenge." So we actually used to watch some of AVP's old uh, pit tape, and man, he had incredible uh, fundamentals and and sleight of hand, and I, I enjoyed watching that stuff. I really did. Uh, you know, it was a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun going back and looking at that stuff. But uh, but I feel like that year really uh, improved my fundamentals, uh, ball handling, and that is my favorite fake by far um it's like uh you know we call it like a guitar fake as you're just kind of holding that ball on the notch and allowing that hand to to slide through the important thing is to do to make it look the exact same as your your quarterback for so long did to make it look the exact same as as uh, as the run so when you're running power or pop we're pulling a guard to make sure it looks all the same but you know, I, I got to give credit to Alex because the patience of, of taking two hops after it, the letting the head go through um, is all part of the uh, the fundamentals of a good fake. And um, thankfully, uh, you know, I had AVP there to tell me that.
0: OK, so you said you couldn't wait to get into a headspace one day to make it all the way back to the running back on a rollout to the right to Aaron Jones, like Farvey was to Amon. Then now you're talking about the headspace of this play action where you had to commit your entire being to that. I mean, there's a chance you get murdered right there, right? I mean, there is a chance you get absolutely murdered. Have you ever felt this confident about playing football as you feel right now and how you're playing right now?
5: Look, one of the first times I ever did the fake, we were playing Chicago at home and, and Willie Young was was a D end. And uh, one of the greatest... Uh, uh, celebrations he did, he did uh, for a long time he did the fishing one where he'd kind of throw his rod out you know <laughs> and I remember the last thing I wanted him doing was sacking me on, on the guitar fake and I just I just told myself right for the play I said I just gotta commit to it fully and I committed to it and he was free on the backside. he kind of come up the field and I got him to uh, to take the bait and, and to, to go after the back on that and throw it a completion and he kind of smiled at me after the play, like that was that was pretty good. And we tried to get him later uh, in the game, and he didn't go for it. I was able to kind of throw the ball away. But um, one time, a couple of years ago, we were playing against uh, uh, Nick Bosa, and I think it was a couple of years ago, and we ran the we ran that play, and that took a lot, of, you know, a lot of commitment too, because. <laughs> the ends and in, in, in the San Francisco scheme I've always loved to just jet up the field and I just feel like uh you know one of these times I'll be doing it and just get absolutely drilled in the back it's it's definitely possible but I really thought in that game that was that was possible and, and just the commitment though it's it's tough to you can't see the ball and you're looking at the quarterback who's kind of following his eyes and Always, uh, it's been it's been working. Nobody
0: does it anymore. Nobody does it anymore. It's kind of like a lost art, almost. You know, the handoff is all the the play action is just kind of procedural now. well
5: you know who I think is is a real good ball handler? Baker Mayfield. If you watch his fakes, I think he does a really nice job with his fakes. Alex is in Cleveland, so I I believe he's probably kind of involved. Uh, maybe indirectly in helping him with that. But I think Baker does a really good job of ball handling, and, and he'll do some fakes, and I'll be like, oh, it looks like AVP. That you know?
0: yeah, fucking play-action guru, AVP, yeah. fresh out of Pittsburgh. Put that down as another thing that Pittsburgh has mm-hmm. absolutely, you know, dominated in and no big deal, how you doing, keep moving. Last night was a display of Pittsburgh with Aaron Donald taking on James Conner. That's neither here nor Iron there. C- what would you say? Iron City, bro. Hey, you're goddamn right. <laughs>
4: Sorry.
0: What are you wearing that shirt all about? And then you said you're not going to play. Oh. oh. Steelers no, I'm not, next year. I must. Uh, AJ, you can't say that. You're one of his like closest friends. You literally I can't... just
4: said it. what you say? I said Steelers
0: next year, right? Hell yeah.
4: <laughs> is that why you wore that shirt?
0: <laughs> oh, 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 AJ, we don't need to get into leading journalism here, Okay, the shirt was a gift. He's wearing it. Hey, uh, did you cut your toe off yet? There it is. <laughs> Let's get into it. Yeah, because the, cons- the commitment How's of this. Going? How is the body? How is the toe?
5: body's pretty good i mean the toe is definitely hurting after the game uh sunday but it is what it is it's not going to be a problem uh i don't think uh, it's not going to stop me from playing it's just it's just pain management so but i'm going to you know keep playing and probably not practice a whole lot unless there's significant improvement it was great the bye week man was amazing to be able to uh, to get that thing healed up for almost two weeks but you know, you go out there and play and run around and try and do some things. It's just going to be painful after the game.
0: Aaron, do you think that you shouldn't have said that if somebody was to step on your broken toe, that would hurt because of competitive advantage? You know what I mean? Uh, I saw the internet say, why is he letting people know that if they were to step on his broken toe, it would hurt him more? Isn't he just setting himself off to be a target? You know, maybe you ever think about that? You know, maybe competitive. There
5: has, yeah, I mean, there has been some issues at times with – Individuals getting really, really cold feet and not being able to know what they're stepping on. Um, So I don't. That's not out of the realm of possibility. I totally understand that. Um, I also felt the need to, you know, revise, uh, you know, uh, story that was out there about me about having lesions on my feet. Because of that, I shared more information about the specifics of my injury. I mean. People want to step on my feet? Like, I, mean, I get stepped on all the time. I mean, my I got a band aid on my shin because I got kicked in the shin. Like, that's just kind of standard playing football. You know, you're gonna get stepped on, you're gonna get rolled up on, or kicked, or whatever. And, you know, most of the time, unintentionally, every now and then, uh, it's board questionable based on the uh, you know, the, the heat index of uh, your toes, but Jeez. um.
0: I said I don't want to step on your toes here, okay? I don't want to step on your toes, but your toughness and athleticism doesn't get talked about ever and whatever. Think,
5: look, if we keep talking about about my toes, uh, you can bet that, that Rex Ryan's all gonna be.
0: Wild. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> he is a toe expert. He said it himself the other day on Get Up for one of the most magical moments in television history, and we appreciate him for that. It is now time for maybe my favorite. Part of my uh, academia week. Yeah. Oh yeah. I get a chance to learn about things happening outside of my sphere, things that I would never know about. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the 15th edition of the Aaron Rodgers Book Club. Drum roll, please. This thing started way back. We had no idea that this would continue. We thought it was kind of a joke. There's no way anybody that watches our show would continue to read books alongside this brainiac, Aaron Rodgers. It started with the alchemist, Paulo Colo, coming through in a big-time way, loved his readings. And then we went through the Daily Stoic, The Power and Now, obviously, Baumgartner, a co-host of Good Morning Football with the history of the office. And then the last book was The Answer Is by Alex Trebek. The 14th book, not the 15th, like I said, to introduce this entire thing, <laughs> of the Aaron Rodgers Book Club is?
5: The Razor's Edge. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. There <laughs> <Hey>, you <laughs> go.
0: Hey, yo. Razor's,
5: Razor's Edge. Edge. This is a book uh, that I actually read over the bye week It was a book wreck by a longtime friend of mine, Joey. Uh, this is a, a fiction book Pat I know you're more into the fiction than the nonfiction but yeah. it's uh, it's about a uh, it's set in the early 20th century kind of the first half of the 20th century and it's about a guy who uh, goes out in search of uh, truth and meaning so very uh, similar to some of your new favorite books Pat uh, power of Now and uh, yeah. be here mm-hmm. now right and you are the universe. Um, you've been sidebarring me a lot about you know how impressed your wife is with all the reading you've been doing. So, thank you. Big shout out to your wife as well. <laughs> you know, shout great out. lady. Shout yep, shout but out. uh, excited for you to read this one because I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of Larry, the main character, in you. Oh, as oh you, wow, Have uh, you as you have gone out on your own journey in search of truth and meaning? He's so, scary. uh, Razor's Edge, check it out. I'm sure it's at the uh, all your, uh, you know, Barnes and Noble online order wherever you want to. But uh,
0: I think I've read some of that. It, work hard, no. dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Oh yeah. Razor Ramon, Razor's Edge. Can't <laughs> wait to read that. Aaron, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. You're the absolute man. Good luck the rest of the way. Congrats on being number one in the NFC. Congrats on the book club. Can't wait to read uh, *Razor's Edge*. Let's close this thing out with uh, you know a little jam session, shall we? Hi, I'll pick him up, yeah, one Aaron. down. Yeah. Uh, uh,
4: yeah, Bring right in Ed. Get Ed, Ed off his. Uh...
5: My, it Michael, sounds like reach, but you're gonna have to give me something.
0: Okay, well, how about we tell it to shut the fuck up? <laughs> Hanging on the balls, enough is enough. He doesn't even know that a combo is happening. All oh, the fucking racket in the back from Ezra Bennet <laughs> God.
4: Was there a lot of background noise?
0: Yeah, I mean Ed's out there playing the fucking bongos. It sounds he was on a,
4: sound like he's on a Zoom on a tubing call, back yeah. there. There's
0: multiple voices. <laughs> no. This guy, sorry, he's still the man. So are you? I can't
4: take this guy anywhere.
5: No.
1: We appreciate know, Ed,
0: you. Come on, snap not ladies and gentlemen. The hey,
5: see. Maybe he wants, to, he wants to come in the shine now, but I'm gonna hang out before that. it's
0: well, gonna Ed, make too much there, I mean you were already all over this thing audio wise. There. Might as well get in there a little video money team, Ed.
4: Hey, AJ. Um yeah. when you uh no nope. <laughs> Told you, I knew you knew he had nothing.
0: Joining us now, a man that was drafted out of Nebraska. Ooh. Born and raised in Miami absolute superstar, linebacker, Pro Bowl, All-Pro, now Super Bowl champion from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ladies and gentlemen, Levante Dave. What's up, dude?
6: What's up? What's up with
0: it? Hey, we're going to have to call you back. We'll call you back right now, Levante. We'll see you in like two seconds, get a little tighter uh, connection there. You know what I mean, AJ? Mm Technology is the greatest thing of all time, worst thing of all time. Don't think we had a good connection. Got to take the tractor. Another another round. round. And then we'll park that son of a bitch, and then we'll make a good connection with old Levante. David, And the conversation, should be absolutely fantastic. Joining us again, ladies and gentlemen, Levante. David. David.
6: Perfect. What
0: are you doing? Is today your off day? you back at home, hanging out, relaxing, saying, hey, the team's good. Let's have a good time with it.
6: Man, never off day. Never off day. Uh, I just came back from the facility actually getting some extra work done, you know, trying to get prepared for the week.
0: Okay, so the last time you were on, we talked about this, where you came Mm -hmm. to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2012. Yeah. There was a lot of hard times down there in Tampa. And obviously, every NFL building experiences wins and losses. But now that you guys have come into not only winning a Super Bowl in your own stadium, but here we are in a back-to-back year looking to make a run in an NFC that is a massive question mark. How's the vibe in Tampa as a whole and in that locker room, Levante?
6: The vibe is real good. It's real smooth. Um, you know, everybody's just going about it, you know, day-to-day. And then uh, in the locker room, we all just, you know, taking it one day at a time, one game at a time. Uh, really no – really no looking forward. Everybody just run about what we can attack, you know, this upcoming week. You know, we got a division opponent coming up, Saints. You all know how those game past games been, so we definitely uh focus on that. We can't look ahead. Do you ever
4: find yourself uh, talking to some of the young guys like, hey, man, you guys don't know. Like, I've paid my dues here. You, I've been here a while, been through – multiple different coaching staffs. I guess, what's it, what has it been like from when you first got there until now? Like, what's that whole journey been like? And what's it been like to coach – or I guess to play for – is this your fourth coach now?
6: Yeah, fourth coach. Oh, shoot, I tell them all the time. I tell them all the time. I'm like, man, look, y'all, y'all have no idea of what me and some of the guys who have been here and some people in the staff been here have been through, you know, since 2012. Man, it's been, been – it's been up and down. It's been some crazy times. Uh, we've seen some stuff you know we seeing a lot of people come in and out so i'm like man y'all 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 got it good right now y'all y'all basically getting spoon fed man you come in you got tom you got tom Brady as your quarterback you win the super bowl you win the playoffs you got to win the records man y'all ain't y'all ain't y'all ain't see the other side of it but uh it's definitely uh definitely good to be a part of man but uh you know we got a lot of good good young guys man who you know take in uh the knowledge that the vets give them.
0: Yeah, the boat parade life is much different, you know, than what you guys had been experiencing down there. Hopefully no manatees were hit in the drunkenness that was that celebration in Tampa that has set a new bar for parades and celebrations, I think. Let's talk about last year's run and then this year. Last year, after the bye week, it felt like your entire team kind of came together. The defense started flying around. Everybody was on the same page. Championship defense was being played. On the offensive side, it felt like you guys were changing what you guys were up to and what you guys were doing offensively. I know that's not a part of your department, but down the stretch, it really felt like you guys were becoming a team last year. It's like, okay, this is why all the hype was all all the hype whenever it came into this season this year do you guys feel like you're anywhere near what you can be are you guys still developing and what is kind of the day-to-day in there do you guys still feel like you got a lot to prove
6: oh uh, we still feel like we got a lot to prove you know uh we talk about it every time uh december football is where it get down to need gritty. you know uh, all those tough games come in you got to win them out you know uh the you know we just won overtime you know last week, and there's going to be a lot of close games you know uh coming in like that, this up this upcoming weeks so uh, December football is really, really brutal. So uh, we definitely try to lock in and hone in. You know, uh, you know, last year we hit the scribe running. Coming off a of bye week, we got guys back healthy. And uh, whatever happened on offense, you know, it worked at the perfect time. And then uh, whatever happened on defense, it worked at a perfect time. So, you know, now we're still trying to get some guys back healthy, we're still trying to get some guys back in the group so we could be able to hit the scribe again.
4: Can you uh, go back to, to training camp and remember, I guess, what your schedule and everything was? Because all I remember is B.A., in some of these after the, the boat parade or later on throughout the off season talk about, he's going to kill you guys in camp and Pat and I would talk about it a lot. Like, man, this, I need, I want to go watch these practices. I don't want to be a part of yeah. them. I'd like to watch them because they're going to kill each other. Like how was camp this year?
6: Yeah. Camp was, camp was real physical, real physical, uh, like no other, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of, a lot of banging, you know, a lot of full, full padded practices, you know, a lot of cursing each other out, you know, a lot of, uh, offense on defense brawls and stuff like that. And, um, you know uh it get real competitive you know obviously when you got tom on the other side and then uh guys on uh guys on defense you know me Devin. you know some guys like that you know it get real competitive and you got a b on the other side too as well so it it get real competitive real fun and then it's the point where like you, you keep bang, beating up on each other throughout camp you just like some one day somebody just gonna let it loose and be like forget it you know just get a brawl in or whatever it may be and then uh you know I mean we had uh we had a practice with a t- with the Tennessee Titans you know that was that was that was fun to be a part of to get a chance to you know go against another team a joint practice and uh those those that that, that week doing that practice was real fun to be a, a part of
0: Did you guys feel like you know we're the Super Bowl champs but we uh Wait, no bitches either. I mean, Antonio Antonio, <laughs> Antonio Brown, I think, landed a clean left, mm-hmm. if you do remember in that fight. How do you guys keep that edge down there? Because we know Tampa, there's cranes everywhere. That place is being built up. Yeah, the golf is gorgeous. What's that one street that kind of goes along the, you know, it's uh-huh. across, there's a view that is just gorgeous. How? And you guys have won. And you're a bunch of OGs now at this point down there, although you got some young people. How do you guys keep that edge, you think? Do you think it's within the yeah. locker room? Like, you? You guys know, and you guys just yeah. have to continue
6: to build, or what is it? Uh, uh, I think it was in the locker room it All-Stars with the head man, B.A., you know, uh, B.A., man, uh, he, he tell us all the time, you know, can't get complacent, You know, uh, you can't, you know, think about last year. You got to be able to to move forward from that. You know, still have that unadulterated mentality. And uh, we got to have a lot of guys who have that mentality. You know, me in particular, knowing where I came from, you know, I want to continue to, you know, keep building on what we done last year. So I don't want to go back to that down that old path. You know what I'm saying? So definitely, you know, me as one of the guys to try to just uh, hone in on a lot of young guys let them know, you know, uh, you know last year was last year, this, uh, this is a new season. So it's a lot of different stuff we need to continue to improve on to be able to get where we want to be at the end of the season.
0: Hey, when you watch Josh Allen start rolling there, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> Did you think that? And what? how do you rank yeah. him as when it comes to, like, tackling him?
6: Oh, man, you know, Josh Allen is a special talent. You know, special talent. I didn't know he was that fast. I did not know he was that fast. He's one of those guys who, like, once he get going, his momentum going, just keep on carrying him. And, you know, uh, you know uh, it's definitely a hard time. I know y'all seen the picture of Devin White jumping on his back trying to sack him. Uh, so he's definitely a big, big dude, bigger than I expected. And uh, he's a special talent in this league, man. And uh, he's, he's, his future is definitely bright.
4: You guys uh, definitely had a, a good uh, draft, too. It seems like from the top down, your organization's running pretty smooth right now. But I wanted to ask you about Antoine Winfield back there. Steps in as a rookie, makes a bunch of big plays during the season, in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl. Like, Did you expect a guy like that to come in day one and be able to, to have such an impact?
6: Uh, you know, uh, the crazy thing is, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect from Antoine. I didn't know how they was going to use him. I didn't know they was going to uh, force him in right away. Uh, but I remember one time, you know, during last year, during training camp, when we came in, we was doing walkthroughs and things, and he was in—he was in the back, you know, calling out players, calling out adjustments and stuff like that, calling out what he got to do with his assignments. And you know, I kind of looked behind him, like, you know, I, I don't, you know, usually see a rookie doing stuff like that, being real vocal. You know, sometimes they just try to just the rookies just try to chill and just try to learn. But he stepped in right away and did, did some great things, and uh, he kind of impressed me right away. And in, uh, in the show with the season he had and the season he's having right now. You know, uh Torn definitely has emerged as a leader, you know, and not secondary on our defense as a whole. You know, uh, as a young football player, you know, he got he got a lot of respect from the vets. And uh obviously his dad played a long time and uh you know, his dad taught him some taught us some, some great things and uh, he's proven it.
0: Let's talk about the secondary. I mean, so many injuries, a corner, and then Sherman comes in. He gets another pick. He was out for a couple weeks. I don't know if his body's fully ready to go full-time in there, but how, how do you address that with bowls? Like, what did he say? Hey, listen, we, next man up is obviously awesome, but when you're like six, seven deep in the next man up, it kind of becomes a little bit tiring. Do you think that has kind of slowed down the growth of this year's defense, all the injuries that have happened on the back end?
6: Yeah, to to a certain extent, you know, uh, we we came in off season, you know, with a certain type of style that we wanted to play, and then you know we lose one of our guys, Sean Sean Murphy, bunting at the beginning of the season, so it kind of changed up a little bit. And then we end up losing Carlton, you know, one of our top guys. And then we, you know, Dean's been in our lineup, and then you got some other guys coming in and out. So it definitely changed up the philosophy that Coach Bowles, you know, try to, you know, try to implement for the defense. But, you know, with those guys, you know, like you said, man, it's a nest man up and mentality. And then you got Coach Rock, you know, Coach Ross, who's a great DB coach. You know, he just try to, you know, get those guys, you know, going. You know, it was always like, you know, Put another bullet in the chamber and keep firing. You know we got a lot of young guys back there, but uh he, we got faith in all of them that step out on the field with us.
0: Well, we got a couple stud linebackers flying around. <laughs> yeah, and that D line. Hey, Vita Vea looks like Oof. he's gotten faster somehow over the years. And what is what is Vita Vea like on the day to day? What a fucking animal that guy is.
6: Yeah, Vita, Vita man, Vita that's my boy. Uh, on a day to day basis, he coming in the building. You know, he always walking around like he owns the building because <laughs> he's so big. So you just automatically put that on him. You know when you walk in you like oh this must be the guy who's on everything here but uh he, he's definitely a, a big you know big cool chill big guy you know loves joking around loves playing around loves you know laughing but when it's time to get on the field you know he's definitely a guy who's always locked in you know uh he's you don't see big guys communicating as much but he's on the d-line communicating talking and uh you know it, it's good to always have him you know in front of me week to week you know so He's a definitely fun, a fun person to play around. But you know, man, I give my hat hat off to all those guys up front: Sue, Will, Nacho, Dick, Steve, all those guys. Man, they 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 they, they, they are a huge part of what we do defensively.
0: Vita Vega ate a helmet. Yeah, he, he <laughs> ate one with his tooth. He said, "Give me a fucking helmet right now." <laughs> yeah. And on this show, he called him Dominic and Sue Big Girl. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, God yeah. damn, this guy's yeah. got all the confidence in the world. He's yeah. awesome to watch. Did you get surprised that the Colts didn't run the ball against you guys when they were up 17 or no? Um.
6: You don't have to
0: answer <laughs> yeah, it. it. All right? Yeah, you don't have to answer <laughs>
6: it. Go ahead, Ty.
1: Go
2: ahead. Levante, uh, obviously you're from Miami, but I know you went to Nebraska. And I can't remember if we asked you this before, but uh, have you got on horseback with uh, Devin White yet? Is that something you're maybe you know considering doing in the future here? If you guys win the Super Bowl again, you go hit the trails with him on horseback?
6: I've been, I've been horseback riding one time but it wasn't with Devin but I'm considering doing it with Devin <laughs> Devin Devin tries to invite you over his house and say he wants you to horseback ride but he gonna want you to clean out the stalls and stuff so uh-huh. he wants you to help him clean out uh, everything with the horses so I just be like man make sure all that clean first and then invite me over
0: hey that's smart you gotta earn your ride over there <laughs> uh-huh. hey welcome you've never been here before you don't know any of these horses but first we're gonna make sure this yeah. shit is yeah. cleaned up yeah, we true. need to get this hay over here let's go ahead and do these uh, horses that's
3: hilarious. go ahead Connor yeah Levante have uh, you or any of the guys on the team watched the Tom Brady documentary to learn a little bit more about him or are you just waiting until the Buccaneers episode to relive the Super Bowl again
6: <laughs> nah nah I've been, I've been watching you know uh, me and my wife been watching it uh, you know just try to get a good chance to you know, see i only known Tom for a year so I just try to see how he was back then when he first started and stuff like that so
1: oh, oh
3: no no
0: Sorry. sorry. to me. Yeah, that was a terrible question.
3: I know. What happened?
0: Why do you always got to tie things back to the Patriots?
3: I just wanted to ask, plus my real question was Ty's question. You see,
0: just asked <laughs> right before <laughs> the, <worst time. laughs> the amount of
3: times that
0: happens. Yeah. I thought that
3: was a good question, Connor.
4: I, I, I was really... Oh, I shut to say, up, AJ. No, no, I, I no, was yeah, that, right. was your, that, that was a good question, Connor. Because yeah, I had
0: sure. a couple follow-ups there, too, from watching Tom, you know, like, because Vrabel, you know, all Vrabel said basically in that goddamn thing was, hey, this little quarterback you all have, yeah. you know, he can handle. It. He's a little bit different. So, hey, Levante, you're back. Hey, Levante! guys, yeah. 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 Super Bowl champ. <laughs> Welcome back. The man in the arena, Tom Brady. Have you learned yeah. anything about him? You think that you haven't been able to pick up in the last year? And what are your overall thoughts?
6: Yeah, just a little bit, uh, learn how he uh, came from where he was at the beginning to where he's at now, his whole mentality, how his mentality changed and uh, how he became the leader that he is. So I'm definitely seeing a, a, a lot, you know. I'm learning a lot about him by watching the documentary, and it's cool to see.
4: Hey, is uh, Scott Frost going to be able to get it done in Nebraska?
0: They stink. Of course. Dude. No, they stink. No, nah, they, they stink. Like you guys
6: stink, dude. If you you guys stink. Nah, man. Yeah, no, I got all faith in the world and Scott Frost, man. I met him, you know, multiple times. He's a great dude, and uh, it's definitely going to turn around real soon.
0: Okay. Hey, hey, when I say this, how cool do I sound? Nebraska's great trash, dude. So, <laughs> hey, that is such a Miami. I heard you say it earlier about hitting your squad, yeah.
6: hitting your squad, yeah. everything.
0: How often do you go back to Miami? Is that still home in the offseason? You still dialed in down there?
6: Yeah, Miami's home. Uh, I just finally uh, finished my house down there, so I, I call it home in the off season. Uh, my family's back down there, so it's cool to get back, you know, with family and friends, you know, and all seeing to wind down a little bit. But, you know, uh, Tampa's a beautiful place. You know, obviously, this is my second home. But uh, I can't, I can't go away from home, in Miami.
0: So many, so many freak athletes out of Miami. Why is it? Is it because you guys just hit your stride at a much? Earlier <laughs> time? Is it, is it because the competition? You think because everybody that's down there? Is it the year-round training? What do you think it is? Natural, like from a, from a mm-hmm. high level. What do you think it
6: is? Yeah. I think it's just a year round thing, you know, football don't stop down there. You know, uh, I remember, you know, I talked to a couple of my teammates before they was like, Y'all got spring football? I'm like, Yeah, we got spring, spring spring football. It don't stop. You know, so uh we definitely you know, people start young and then uh and then keep on going, keep on improving throughout the childhood and then obviously you know the talent the competition is real real hefty so uh you definitely gotta when you step on the field out know you definitely gotta come with it
0: it's oh, that's awesome well you have definitely done such a thing we can't thank you enough for joining us congrats on all the success and good luck the rest of the way
6: yes, sir appreciate you guys
0: hey ladies and gentlemen levante Dave. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Today's show is presented by Arby's. Ooh. Just when you thought it couldn't get better than the real country-style rib sandwich that was smoked low and slow in an East Texas smokehouse, Ooh. Arby's went and did themselves again. Hell yeah. We now introduce to you the Arby's Boneless Wings. Oh. Arby's oh. delivered 7,000 of these things to the office yeah, yesterday, of and we can verify they are delicious. Top-notch. Legit. Yeah. Mm-hmm perfectly sauced yeah not too much not too little yep. Seemed like now granted it was for our office specifically so you're gonna have to try out that seemed like it was cooked to a perfect amount and i ate it hours and hours later mm-hmm. still a good good kick, cold still a good kick mm-hmm. good taste good texture on the boneless wing delicious very impressed they should have been doing boneless wings for a long time now. yeah They had barbecue, they had uh, uh, buffalo, Buffalo. they had, uh, I think there's two others, right? I don't know. Honey?
3: We Uh, had those two.
0: Yeah. We're talking about six pieces of all white meat in crispy seasoned breading tossed in either classic buffalo or hot honey sauce. There it is. Served with their new crinkle cut french fries, which might be even better than curly fries. I'm not saying that. I am not saying, they told they me to are say are they, they are very, very good. They are. They are delicious. So you get some cheese on this? Oh, oh, God. They're God. salted very well. Oh my God. All of that is just $5. Wow. What? Six pieces of boneless chicken. Dude, what? How do they make money? I don't know. Uh, Crinkle cut french fries. What? The cheese would probably be a little bit more. Yeah, 60 cents. Uh, yeah. <laughs> $5. Get out and try yours today. Thanks to Arby's. Shout out to Arby's. Football national champion at the Ohio State University, Super Bowl champion at the Green Bay Packers, Ryder Cup champion for the United States golf team. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron James Hawk. Up, dude?
4: That's false. I like food, and I do eat food. I don't only eat uh, grilled chicken and rice. I, I eat plenty of uh, different
0: things. Well, that's what Aaron told us last time. Is that uh, your wife? Uh, I mean, that's all he does is tell lies about me when he comes on. Oh, he misleads yeah, everybody. Yeah, What's yeah, this yeah, guy's yeah. deal? Oh, oh, oh. liar! I was writing that verse. Uh huh. So, <laughs> the son of a bitch lied <laughs> all the fucking time <laughs> about what AJ. Not, not according to Collinsworth. What do you think? What do you think? What do you mean? Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels are doing a lot of talking about Aaron Rodgers, the person, during that game as he was – you know, throwing for four tuts of zero interceptions against the Chicago Bears uh, just a couple of days after, you know, being asked if he regrets doing what he did after scoring a touchdown in Chicago while getting flipped off. Although I heard a lot of people say some terrible things on the field to each other, by the way, this past weekend. I wonder if any of that will be brought up as bulletin board material. In-game shit talk was being used as bulletin board material now for the Chicago Bears. So much so that Nagy had to answer it. He was having so much fun. And then Aaron said, no, no, no more fun for you. <laughs> no. Okay, no, no more fun for you and it felt like he and Devontae did something at halftime because Jalen Johnson was doing very well, I think, on the defensive side of the ball in the first half. And then in the second half, you know, water found its level. Yeah, but Devontae and Aaron, they kind of went and did they their thing. But what did you see, What did you mean by Collinsworth didn't think he – what are you talking about? What do you mean? No, well, I'm are you talking saying? about during the game, Collinsworth went on like a long thing saying,
4: which I thought was good, saying like Aaron's been all very honest and oh, open. He's, like, he's giving us his, his opinion. Collinsworth was sounded like he was trying to say he's giving us his opinion on everything, and he's real just open and comfortable is what I took from it. But I think a lot of people say, "Oh, what are you talking about? He's
0: not being honest. Well, he's actually guarding and misleading people like fucking yeah. asshole.
4: <laughs> I think Collinsworth was trying to say, like I've mentioned on here before, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, one of my favorite of all time. Kobe, as he got older, got really, really comfortable, I feel like, with the media. And you'd hear him. He would cuss all the time, like in regular sit-down interviews. He would give his, like, legit opinion. And I thought it was awesome. It was well, really we,
0: Well, I think it's good because you get a chance to learn, you know, from the people that are at the highest of high levels. Now, Kobe Bryant, obviously, absolute icon. We are not putting Aaron at Kobe's level. I don't want anybody to think we're doing that, okay? But what we're saying is, as these guys who are at the top of their field start to open up more, it's only good for society. You know, it's only like the more I get to learn from Aaron Rodgers and learn about Aaron Rodgers, in my eyes, as somebody likes to watch documentaries and know why greats are fucking great, like I would like to know what separates this particular human from that particular human and getting to have these conversations has been fantastic. But there's a lot of people who say he needs not do this anymore. He needs to go back to not saying anything when we could tell all the stories about him that we wanted and there was no rebuttal at all. There's a lot of people that think that and. You know, I appreciate the fact that he says, nah, nah, we're going to keep on having these conversations. (laughs) I'm pretty excited about today's.
4: Yeah, I I think I asked him maybe last season about that. I think he said, like, yeah, I don't care. Like,
0: I don't. I don't worry about what's going on around me, whatever. I'm just gonna give my opinion. He definitely worries about what's going on around the NFL though, because we've asked him a couple different times about situations in different places, and he's like, Well, that team, you know, they started out what one and three, I think, and now they're like blah, blah, blah. He like mm-hmm. runs through their entire record. And now it's coming out that he recalled a preseason play that Brett Favre ran in two thousand five against the Buffalo Bills and used it in his head to score and throw the ball to Aaron Jones. He said Farve, uh, in one preseason game, I think it was two thousand 2005, he made all his reads on a rollout, and then he threw back across his body to Amon Green. Amon Green, and I remember thinking to myself in the moment, in this preseason game, like 2005, oh, that was really cool that he did that. And then when he threw it back to Aaron Jones, he said he thought of that. So they did the research, and they're like, turns out, uh, Farvey did throw a touchdown <laughs> yeah. to Amon Green in that preseason game for 12 yards. Mm-hmm. and blah, blah, Just like last week, or two weeks ago, or last week, whenever you asked him about throwing the ball three times in a game, and he was like, I don't think that would ever be necessary. And then I, you know, a lot of people were like, Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to win a game, doesn't care about the Patriots winning, only cares about his stats or whatever. It was like, well, I don't think that's what he said at all if you listen to his answer. But in his answer, he was like, I think my first game we threw it 18 times. No, no, 22 times. And then he just moved on the conversation and people were like, turns out, he did throw it 22 times in his first ever fucking game, which is 17 years ago or whatever. It is it is amazing. I really enjoy these Tuesdays, man. I really enjoy the hell out of them,
4: AJ. Yeah, so do I. And you say it all the time. Like his recall is off the charts. And I actually, what's weird is I think this morning, I was listening to some of uh, our old uh, buddies from Tahoe. What do you call them? Noltsy and Stolzi? Colt Nost and on see their podcast, you probably have no recollection of golf guys. Well, they had Brandon Stokely on their podcast and he was awesome. I didn't know he's from Louisiana, like awesome southern dude, played 15 years. He was talking about Peyton and he he was very funny, but he said the same thing. He's like, Peyton remembers everything. Like he his memory, like he's never forgotten anything. He knows everything that's going on. So I think, yeah, those especially the quarterback position, there's a there's a certain personality type, a certain like drive type A personality that I think it takes.
0: And I wonder if that's why the game is changing because there's only a few people that have that trait, right? So if and by the way, I I couldn't do it, AJ couldn't do it. We're not we're not talking about anybody that couldn't do it. What we're saying is if you're a franchise and you know that that is what makes your franchise quarterback be the best, he has to be able to throw, has to be able to be able to interact with his teammates, have to be, has to be able to remain humble and have a great work ethic, but also has to have a brain that is absurd. And it doesn't have to be in anything other than football. That's
4: probably the most important thing because there's a lot of guys that can slang it, that have an arm, that can could look really good in a workout. There's, there's a lot of guys out there, but there's not a, a whole lot of – starting NFL quarterbacks that can consistently win games. Some guys can jump in and be a flash in the pan, but to consistently do it, yeah, you have to be something else. And you
0: know, I wonder if that's why, like, the college game is starting to creep into the NFL game more because they're like, hey, we don't – listen. If it's we hard may, to find these guys. If, we may, if we're going to be waiting around for another guy with photographic memory mm-hmm. that can call back – and then Mac Jones shows up yeah. and yeah. everybody's like, no. Eight teams this teams passing." Yeah, and everybody it's like, how the hell does this happen? You know, like how – How does it happen? Why does this continue to happen, you know? And we are now a part of the media in sports journalism. You know, that's what we are. And we're supposed to be idiots. You know, like that is. Nobody's really expecting us to make any groundbreaking decisions that will navigate.
4: Everybody's an idiot.
0: Like everybody, we're all idiots. Well, that's what I'm saying. And now I'm looking at like Mac Jones and we start thinking about Aaron calling not back.
4: Matt. Yeah, you're not those guys. Yeah. Yeah, well,
0: that's what I'm saying. We start thinking about Aaron calling back to 2005 and then 2006. And then last year he said, Oh, they ran a coverage and I saw in like my second game ever. Yeah, and it's Rain tw- Man. Yeah, in 25 seconds. So he has to digest that entire thing and then do, Oh, what did they do before? Oh, they slid here. They did this. Oh, I got to go here. Boom. Let's do that. Oh, shit. Not enough time. Timeout. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then Tom Brady can do it. Peyton Manning can do it. You You hear these people talk about those who are at the top, what they can do and what they can't do. It came out that Mac Jones can do this thing. I don't know how every other team that's supposed, all these people that are supposed to be smart. We're not supposed to be smart. How do these other people that are supposed to be in positions of intelligence in football go, yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, we don't want him. Let's go ahead and let him fall. How's that happen, you think, when it seems so cut and dry now? But I guess we have hindsight to look back on. But I feel like that brain thing is what they should be testing on the quarter. How do we figure out who's got the brain and who doesn't have the brain?
3: Yeah, but you saw Zach Wilson roll left and throw the ball back Ah. to his right. You remember that? Are you kidding me? It was one of the greatest throws in the history of football.
0: Yeah, and I understand. And there was the Goldman standard that came out. Yeah, Fields. I mean, the Goldman standard. Highest score ever. And Fields, by the way, might be one of these guys as well. And the situation certainly helps for Mac because the fact that he fell out of all these, Mm -hmm. you know, Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville,
2: Yikes. Will we
0: ever know? Will we ever know? No way. Zach Wilson at the Jets. And this is kind of, I guess, a bummer, but I think they're in the same, they're viewed the same way. Like, will we ever know? I have no idea. He's a Jet, you know, and the Jets shouldn't be like that. They're in a massive, the Lions, same thing. Like, will we ever know? Or is this person's career just going to be wasted? And the more and more teams that that get added to that list, it seems even more impressive what the coaches at New England and other places are able to do. If you could redraft right now, would Matt go number one? Yeah, I, I believe so, right? Yeah,
3: probably. But I also Urban think Meyer, though? Whoever ended up in New England, that was the best Correct. situation. So no matter who went. Will there, they
0: take a quarterback if Mac wasn't available?
3: Um, if it was like Trevor or one of those guys. I, I don't know about Trey Lance, just because, like, who knows? He, we haven't really seen him play that much. But I feel like they would probably either have to take a quarterback or just. The they
0: didn't trade up at all, right? So everybody no. would think that no. if they really wanted a quarterback, they would have traded up. But maybe Bill, with his all knowing you know brain was like hey nobody gonna take this guy this guy if he's not going 30 he stinks everybody's gonna hate
3: him. <laughs> yeah and they already had cam they already brought cam back so just in case mac wasn't ready or whoever they were gonna pick
4: just look at the situation though did you hear like look at the situation if you see how much like for quarterbacks especially like your situation matters so much look at oh. uh trevor lawrence and jacksonville what he's going through day to day and then on sundays and then compared to mac jones like Bill Belichick's been doing it for however many decades. A well-oiled machine. Urban's come in trying to get his, his feet underneath him, I guess, as they say, and trying to get his roots in the NFL. And the rest of your team, who knows what's going on. And, yeah, like there's just so much turmoil, and I would imagine it's vastly different if you followed both those guys around for a week.
0: Yeah, if, they, if we had hard knocks on uh, or one of those HBO 24s on Trevor Lawrence you know, on Mac Jones, it's a little bit different. They had to explain to Bill Belichick what a chop house actually was. Yeah. <laughs> it's a chop house. What? What are we chopping? <laughs> oh, we take, we take, oh, we take uh, axes, chopping axes. Chopping Well That's what yeah, we've sir. been saying this entire time. You know, keep chopping. That's chopping. It's so like, no, 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 sir. Actually, it's a uh, a meat and uh, boozy establishment yeah. that Urban Meyer owns, and he didn't fly uh, back with his team, actually, so he could visit it in the middle of the football season. Bill Belichick. <laughs> This guy fucking stinks. (laughs) It's vastly different. You're right. Situations are certainly situational in this particular case, but it will never make sense to me on how Mac Jones ended up in new england especially with how it appears as if it's going to be going there, number one in the afc obviously you see the signs that were very very <laughs> very expensive to make first in the nfc first in the afc the toxic table is all of a sudden the king of everything let's talk about last night and why the green bay packers are the top of the nfc the arizona cardinals coming out of a bye week look a little clunky first play of the game aaron Donald drives guard seven yards into backfield gets a sack ends it with one, had three sacks, a pass deflection that led to an interception in the red zone, took over the game completely. Arizona Cardinals, I think they're going to bounce back. I don't have much worry about them. Maybe this was a good wake-up call for them. What was your takeaway after watching this game, AJ?
4: It was. A, it turned into a fun game to watch, I would say. Yeah, starting on that first play, Aaron Donald, he does things that, like, it, he makes people look like they're middle schoolers. And it's a crazy thing, too. Aaron Donald, he's not gi- not a gigantic human. He's it's unnatural, not unnatural, but he, a guy shouldn't be able to move like he is. what is he weigh? Three what? Or two, Aaron nine, Donald five, with a straight six pack. Like that's not. Yeah. He, he's just mm-hmm. such a freak in how he moves and how strong he is. So I think hey. we knew once we saw that first play. Like, all right, this is this may be a fun one for
0: us. Hey, that's that East Hills water, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, hey. that, man, for real.
4: That's his root. Like that goes back to his roots, man. Like that dude is cock strong at all times.
0: Two eighty five, by the way. And I, Jeez. I saw the video of. uh in his basement, you know, where he grew up in Penn Hills, which is in the East Hills of Pittsburgh. It's next to, Plum and Penn Hills used to be a rivalry and then, you know, Penn Hills did beat Plum and basically everything (laughs) just going forward. But they showed a clip of, you know, him working out And he told his dad after he signed his deal, "Hey, you can retire now." And they went back to like how that's all Aaron Donald love was just working out from the very beginning, and now he has a gym at the UPMC training complex that he donated to Pitt. He has his own locker room. I mean, he is like he has dedicated his entire life to being a physically dominant human being, and everybody on earth knows it. Everybody, even people that don't know a lot about football, they say, "Oh, Aaron Donald, he's the really fucking good guy, right?" Because how come Arizona? Do you think? Like, what do, you, what do you think happened? How? It's hard to,
4: it's hard to like, double. You know, if it's a pass rush or whatever, it's hard to – what are you going to take your tackle and double Aaron Donald? That's he what they've been split.
0: doing. They've been doing that I to I know, him. but he's
4: great at splitting those doubles too, and then all of a sudden you're screwing the rest of your guys. So you got to try to figure it out. And when a guy is like – there is definitely – uh, many, many plays in each game where Aaron Donald is pretty much unblockable. and he, The quarterback just has to hope he gets rid of the ball.
0: How about that James Conner touchdown down in the goal line yeah. where Ooh. Aaron came flying around. Yeah. Aaron, by the way, goal line offense, okay? Guy comes scot-free somehow because he just throws a guy, which in of itself is insane because that is the entire goal of that play is to make it a scrum, basically, so everybody kind of... Instead, Aaron Donald comes scot-free, grabs James Conner, who, like, throws him, he gets tossed around two people, lands on his feet. Did anybody he he landed on his fucking feet? Like a the, cat.
4: You're like I throw a cat off a roof. Don't they land on their feet? Two
0: hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they actually have an ability to open up their body like a parachute and uh Sweet. find landing. Yeah, that is a natural ability for the cats to do. It's it's kind of insane to watch them and, and have a bunch of little ones roaming around. But at 285, he fucking landed on his feet. Mm-hmm. The guy is just. A freak show. Is he enough, you think, on the defensive side? Obviously, Jalen Ramsey not playing. He's not happy about it. Called a bunch of bullshit. And he said, don't even reach out to me, by the way. fucking all right? <laughs> to whom it may concern, don't hit me up, please, says Jalen Ramsey, who I am a massive fan of. Shoot. Do you think the Rams, after last night, you think they're telling themselves, and do you think you have bought in at all that maybe the Rams can go on a run here? I think the Cardinals are going to bounce back. Slow game. They're not great at home. They're going to have to figure that out, obviously, to become a real contender. But off the bye week, got smacked in the mouth by a division rival who didn't have all their players. Maybe they'll bounce back. What about the Rams, though? Matthew Stafford had a game that made me feel like, okay, this is what we thought Matthew Stafford was going to be able to become with Sean McVay's offense. What are your What are your thoughts on the Rams' future now? I mean, I, I like him. I, I really like the. Defense, just
4: imagine if Von Miller like gets going. Like once he gets more comfortable in the scheme and really gets like it, it gets centered there, figure everything out. Like that is another added element. The dude is what, an MVP, right, Super Bowl MVP. was he the MVP of the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I, I don't know if he's MVP. They probably give, no, they did. Yeah, he was. Yeah, they did. He spat, yeah. batted the ball out of Cam Newton. Like yeah, yeah. Give me
3: that. They dude. had him uh, covering Rondell Moore in a wheel route last night. I'm not sure how comfortable he's going to be with that. I hate when defense coordinators do that.
4: Yeah. Sometimes that does happen, unfortunately. Like if they're they like, oh, they got the right play on here. You have to do that. Yeah, I, was about saying, I, don't, I don't think it's
0: by design. That's a check, right? Something just happened. You got, got, kind of got or fucked.
4: Or the offense guessed right. and Like, hey, if they're going to do this and they're going to drop Vaughn to the flat here, we're going we're gonna to run this wheel right at the seam and see what he, what he does. Rondell Moore is very quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very oh, yeah. explosive. Kyler oh, yeah. Murray. Um, Some of those balls that Stafford threw too were oh, beautiful. Man. That what? That deep over to cut was it Cooper Cupling? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah,
0: and he. There was a couple. I mean, Orlovsky said that the one throw, you know, just immediately after Herbert just had mm-hmm. a seventy whatever yard toss off of two steps in a bucket, just. Big-time moment for Herbert. I mean, that was a massive moment. Orlovsky goes, ah, hate to break to This throw is better than that one or whatever. And (laughs) that's because Orlovsky's friends with Stafford. But I think we all expected this out of Stafford because of if you watched him play or had to play against him or had to watch – he's so fucking talented. And it feels like he has the right mindset to kind of handle – He's
4: so driven. He's so crazy competitive. I know from playing against him, like that dude, he wants – he'll – if like if all of a sudden – a sword came flying out of the crowd and was stabbing him through his heart. He like, it doesn't matter, we gotta finish this drive,
0: guys. We've got hey. thirty seconds left. We
4: can't <laughs> find away.
0: Hey, don't take it out. That'll make <laughs> it bleed more.
4: That's amazing make- Honestly, that's the kind of guy I feel like he is from playing against him.
0: Broken neck, he's yep. at mm-hmm. back, back, ribs, ankle Ankle, Fucked up fingers and
4: hands and stuff. Yeah, had, oh, yeah.
0: had Detroit kind of all. And that's over. Just yeah. the stuff we know all about. Over. We don't we don't know about a
4: lot of the stuff that bothers.
0: And he me, just sure. played last night. He started limping a little bit, and I was like, yeah. Is Stafford gonna be hurt?" you, see, like, his post-game
4: nah. you nah. see his post game interview. You see his post game with uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, uh-uh. what happened? I did. I was actually like more impressed and um, he felt like it it looked like he was almost disappointed like they were talking about his connection with Cooper's like yeah I missed a few of them like he definitely wasn't overly excited about the win like oh this is the best like you could tell he was in his mind he's like yeah we need to I gotta figure things out
0: Cooper and this is his first year in that offense right and Aaron when Aaron was in the first year with the Lafleur offense he still had like 20 some touchdowns and like single-digit low, single-digit interceptions. Two or
2: three, yeah.
0: Which led to the greatest clip of all time from Aaron. You know, down years for me are career years for other people. Mm -hmm. Everybody's talking about me falling off. First year in a brand-new offense. Through two interceptions (laughs) in 20-something. Get the fuck out of here, basically. But then, as he got more comfortable with the offense, obviously, and it's kind of become his offense, I think. I think he has been the one that has told the floor, and he and LaFleur have had a great relationship, I think, sitting down saying, this is what we want to do. McVeigh and Stafford, they have what, 40 years together probably at least?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have to. Out there at least four years, maybe? I don't know. Is that that's... I would imagine
4: I would imagine McVay definitely wants at least four years.
0: So they're only gonna continue to grow, and I think that's probably what Stafford's
4: talking about where Stafford will feel so much more comfortable when they start OTAs this offseason. Yeah, it's gonna be like oh, okay, good, like you get that recall, like everything. You don't have to it just becomes second
0: nature, I feel like. And let's talk about o- Odell Beckham Jr. three straight games with touchdowns in him, obviously. He looks fast, had seventy some yards last night, uh, made some great catches, had the fade two games ago or whatever the case, you know, some people, Justin Jefferson included out of LSU, that LSU alumni wide receiver room is obviously very tight, always have been, always will be. Justin Jefferson said, hey, people are saying that OBJ was the problem in Cleveland. Here we have three tuds in three weeks with McVay's offense, and McVay loves him. You know, I watched some mic'd up things, and McVay's telling Stafford, like, hey, tell Odell, he's all by himself right here. Like, we are going to Odell Beckham Jr., basically. That is, and they got him going early. They got him going He's early, smart. which I think they is a use him well. Deal. I
4: thought they had some, some beautiful play calling last night by uh, McVeigh. When Stafford he he delivered at times. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but man, some of those balls he looked like like these guys can make a run.
0: Hey, we're happy for OBJ, right? Absolutely, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I am. How about OBS too? He's pretty pumped. Yeah. He's oh pretty yeah, sick. Cleveland stinks yeah.
3: and Baker stinks.
0: Happy for anybody. Oh, they, they just won the game, Cleveland. What's that, bud? Happy for
2: anybody that gets to escape Cleveland and go to a city like L.A. That's an awesome story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Truly. What's going to happen with the Browns? I mean, who cares? We're not talking about them right now. They just got, they just got a big win over the Ravens. Hey, congrats. Yeah. congrats.
3: They got bigger issues coming up right now. What? They got a lot of COVID. Oh, well, no. I think
0: every, the Omicron. And I don't want to, I'm not getting into this entire thing because I don't know shit about fuck, especially in this world. But I think the Omicron is a fast runner. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I don't know if the, nah, it might be the strongest thing of all time. I'm True. not sure that's how it was originally pitched. But I think the way it's being talked about now is it's very minimal, right? Like very minimal side effects from some particular strains, not all Omicrons, but some. And we understand that people are still passing away. COVID is still a thing. I very much get it. But very I, much a thing,
4: especially depending on what state you're in, yeah.
0: First time I had to show my vaccination card to get into places. It was out in L.A., by the way. Oh, yeah. They were worse checkers of the vaccination card than most of the clubs (laughs) that I went to when I was 15, (laughs) 16 with a fake ID, I will
2: say. (laughs) Going through the motions.
0: I was expecting a little bit more. One person didn't even know my name, looked at the card. Okay, you're good. It was like, you don't need to know my name? What? (laughs) Usually you
4: have to give them your ID with
0: it. Yeah, it's didn't this particular place. No, you're good to come in there. It's like, all right, but what if Omicron's running through and they're creating positive tests obviously people mm-hmm. are positive cuz omicron is they just passed a they just passed a like a statewide
4: mask mandate for california indoors i, I did have i believe so today it's very, it goes until january 15th or start yeah like i don't
0: know well cuz it's not just the bronzer there's 37 players yeah, currently and yeah. uh, i don't know how many are serious um Side effects and symptoms. I went through it. I had 104 and a half degree fever. I would like to talk about some chills and aches, but I guess not everybody's doing that. And allegedly the Omicron is a quick spreader and it's not as bad symptom wise. I wonder how the NFL is going to deal with that. You know, because Omicron might be the most permeable variant of COVID. Well, who's
4: Tier 1, Tier 2? Sorry, who's Tier 1, Tier 2? They have to get the booster right
0: now. Okay, so here we go. We can talk about that. There's a great lead into it. Tier 1, Tier 2 employees of the NFL have to get the booster of the vaccination. Uh, this is coming via Diane, Diana Rossini. Uh, a memo from the NFL is expected to go out tomorrow to inform teams that all Tier 1 and Tier 2 employees are mandated to receive a COVID-19 vaccine booster shot. Per sources. Okay, so that is anybody that's around the players on a day-to-day. The coaches, the equipment managers, the athletic trainers, the video staff, the chefs, people in the building that have to deal with the players or in close proximity to the players. The players are in a different thing because the NFLPA, the union has a different set of rules. The tier one, tier two employees of the teams that have to be around the players on a daily basis now have to live by, by their own rules.
4: Okay, so that's obviously all the coaches as well, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And do they have like a deadline where they have to get it? Uh, I assume that tweet right there was the NFL telling all the coaches. Yeah, they'll come into the facility, I guess, and do it. So they won't, yeah, they got to make it easy for
0: them. Hey, just a heads up. I don't know if you haven't seen uh, Diana Rossini's tweet or not, but guess who's back.
4: There's a cart outside your office with a lady, and she's gonna give you a shot. to so just stick your right shoulder out there, and while you keep your clicker in your left hand, so you don't miss any film. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we don't want it, we don't want there to be any issues with you watching third and longs. All right, sure. so just just like in jail, how you put your hands out of a goddamn thing <laughs> yeah. to get your food, we will need you to just stand. On the door, with the door open, you won't even know they're there. Don't even have to talk to them. But if you want to be in this building, you're going to have to do it or you get the fuck out of here. I wonder, is the booster going to become mandated for everybody, I assume? This is the next mm, round of... It's crazy. Here we go. Here we go. Gump, I've done Gumpy. He knows, usually. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're not getting into that. I What's up? Uh- well, Gump, Gump's been working hard back there. Thank you, Gump. Thank you, thank you Gump. Gump. Thank you, Gump. Thank you, thank Gump. Gump. thank you so much for allowing this group of idiots to be a part of your life big thanks to aaron levante david aj all the boys for their incredible work and effort we'll be back tomorrow with a coach sup chuck wednesday chuck was on a bike race last week so we didn't get to hear about anything going on in his world and his thoughts can't wait for that plus bill burr in studio on friday let's go be a friend, tell a friend. We appreciate the hell out of you. Hashtag end a pod squad. We'll see you in Yana tie. Please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Tuesday evening. Cheers.